Chancellor? Chancellor? Is that you? Chancellor? Come out, come out wherever you are. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, people, whenever you are listening to this. Uh, welcome to episode 42 of Dude and the Monkey. Uh, it is our birthday episode. We've been on for over a year now, and we've only lost 10 shows. I don't think that's that's too bad. I think we're doing pretty good there. Um, I'm Mark Foster, and I'm joined, as ever, by my co-host. Ian Loring. How are you, guys? Um, and we, we missed last week uh, through a mixture of antenatal classes... Uh, and suspected hangovers. Uh, yeah, the, the fucking antenatal class, like, it literally, the, the woman, apparently, the woman who, organ- who does it for the area, she broke her ribs or something, so she hasn't been in work for ages. So we got there, and there was about 15 couples, which is ridiculous, and some of them were due 
it, within the next two weeks, and it was their first antenatal class. Okay, and ow. it's just, it, yeah. So like, and the thing is, the woman's on annual leave next week as well, so we're not actually doing it next week. So like, so like, they basically had to say, if any of you are due in November, put your hands up, and we'll have to get people to come around to your house to do one-on-one sessions. You know, so I mean, like we're we're literally we're less than four weeks away from the due date now, and we literally had our first antenatal class. It was only like confirmed the day beforehand, which is why I had to rush postpone the show. And uh, yeah, fucking ridiculous. But yeah, we I don't know the labour board looks boring as fuck. But um, <laughs> you know. yeah, they're not they're not the most entertaining of places. But hey, you know. But I mean, in terms of um, in terms of the show, as long as things don't kick off early, we should still be good for the next few weeks, so... Yeah, because it's not due till the Friday the 13th, isn't it? Friday the 13th, that's right. Ooh. Right, uh, well, on, on today's show, I better tell you these things. Um, yeah, sorry, mate. Yeah. Uh, on today's show, we have uh, we have two reviews for you, because obviously we're going to review last week's film, and we're going to review this week's film. So, we have last week's film, which is the uh, Alfonso Cuaron... Uh, film Gravity. Uh, then we're going to throw some one old and one new at you. Uh, then we're going to smash you in the face with some counselling uh, with the counsellor. And then we're going to hit the first film in our. What are we calling this again? I tell you what. We actually had an email. Um, I'll do this now, just because. Just because I think we might have a winner. Oh. Uh, nice. this- this is Werner, who I know has emailed us before. Um, hey guys, greetings from Austria. As always, I'm loving your show. My title suggestion for the next marathon would be Christmas Merryfon, or Merryfon Christmas, maybe, I, I would suggest. And also, he suggested The Long Kiss Goodnight as a film. Um, Ooh, that's a good shout, that. Merryfon Christmas. Merryfon Christmas, yeah, I'm going with that. So, sorry, Noel. You might you might not be happy with that, but fuck it. I, but, you, but you did name the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, exactly. Merry Fond Christmas. Good work, Werner. Even though I slightly twisted it myself, I think Merry Fond. Well, no, Christmas Merry Fond. No, Christmas. well, I mean, what what do you think? I like Christmas Merry Fond. All right, fuck it. Christmas Merry Fond. Christmas Merrython, right? Uh, very, very good. Um, and that's our first one. Is that is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Um, so, uh, without further ado, um, you can contact us on at Dude and a Monkey, uh, at Ian Loring, at DudePaws, Dude Monkey at gmail.com. Ian, what trailers have you been watching this past fortnight? Okay, what trailers have I been watching? I watched the trailer for Cuban Fury, which is the Nick Frost. Um, uh, dancing movie, um, which I, I thought looked quite fun, to be honest. Um, I'm not expecting any great shapes out of it, but it looks fun enough. Um, even though Brad tweeted me saying it's not good. So that sounds like he's seen it. Mm. Um, I was actually invited to a press screening this week. Um, so the fact that they're actually doing a press screening this far out... I actually thought boded quite well. Yeah, then that, again, that's, that's a long way away. It's not out till. Yeah, it's it's Valentine's Day. Day yeah, yeah, um, and yeah, there was a press screening this Wednesday. I got an invite to, but um, uh, but I, you know, obviously I can't go. But um, yeah, so unless maybe they're going to be on embargoed. But uh, yeah, I I don't know. 
Victoria looked funny enough. Um, I, 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 yeah, I mean, I, I, Nick Frost versus Chris O'Dowd with Ian McShane helping Nick Frost. Why not, frankly? Um, so, you know, we'll see. Um, it's maybe not one that I'm going to rush out to the cinema for, but, you know, hey. Um, uh, I don't know whether we talked about the second trailer for Robocop, but my feelings were exactly the same as the first one. Uh, Maleficent, which... Uh, L, L. Fanning, I, I kind of think they need to redub her, uh, the brutal uh, Brit accent. I like L. Fanning, but that accent's terrible. Uh, Divergent, uh, second trailer for that, which um, uh, my wife's actually uh, read at least the first book, and she says that the book's actually really good, so um, I'll likely go and see that with her. Um, trailer looks all right, I suppose. Kate Winslet is a bad guy, why not? Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, why not? Yeah, 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 to be honest, it, it, I, I think that's quite an interesting role for her. And Noah, which, as I tweeted when I saw the trailer, looked, just looks like a funny or die video. Yeah, it does. Absolutely does. 100%. Um, it's... <sighs> My things on Noah are, it just, it just looks like it's going to be so incredibly preachy. Yeah, I it it, it I, it's I it's an odd one. I mean, like Dan Aronofsky's apparently been wanting to do it for fucking years. So, and I mean, like I'm gonna trust Darren Aronofsky, but so maybe it's just this. Maybe it's just the trailer has to, has to be as broad as possible because apparently, like, there are already rumblings that there have been test screenings and Christian audiences are not happy with it. So that's interesting. Um, but. When are Christians ever happy? Yeah, well, yeah, true. Russell Crowe versus Ray Winstone. Yeah. In in a Noah film. That's just two completely different ideas in my mind. Russell Crowe versus Ray Winstone and Noah just clanging together. Um, So, I mean, I'll see it because it's if it wasn't Darren Aronofsky... I wouldn't be going anywhere fucking near it, but I, I don't know, man. It's a, I, I thought it's the trailer good. was embarrassing. It, it looks like shit. I, I, mean, I mean, it really, it, it, like you say, it might not be. It could just be a trailer, but it looks like shit. It, it look, it looks like it doesn't look like a Darren Aronofsky film, which is weird because, like, frankly. It seems like it's the, his most personal film, maybe apart from the fountain. Yeah, it, 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 it's one of the things. It, it it could be the fact that the that the studio of like Aronofsky could have given him a trailer and said, "Here's the trailer," and they've looked at it and gone, "Yeah, we haven't spent this much money for you to release that fucking trailer. We don't give a shit if people like it, but we want to get people in to fucking watch it. So give us something yeah. else." And you know, it, it yeah. could be it could be that. Yeah, I, I, I the, the thing is, I mean, like you know, trailers. I, I, I have known trailers to be bad, and then I've really enjoyed the film. I mean, a, a case in point I remember off the top of my head, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, and I know a lot of people hate Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, but frankly, I was not interested at all when I saw the trailer. But I had a boatload of fun with that film, and I now own it on 3D Blu-ray. Uh, I, 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 you know, I, it, so who knows? The trailer for Lincoln was shit. 
The trailer for Lincoln wasn't great, yeah. And that that uh, Lincoln's a very good film. Lincoln's it's a very it's a very boring film, but it is a very good film. I slightly disagree, but you know, but yeah, I, I, I mean, it, we're, not, we're not boring. We'll it, it's very long, and it feels very long. Is what I maybe I mean. Yeah, no, no, that's that's fair. But I, I I don't know. It's I I you know I will see it in the cinema because it's Darren Aronofsky, like I said. But otherwise, nah. Hmm. And not it's not just because it's it's not just because it's Noah, you know. It, it, I mean, like if it's you know biblical stories on screen. I, I, to be honest with you, I don't think I've ever really seen one, but I'm sure they can be done well. I mean, I don't think you can call the last temptation of Christ a biblical story. No, uh, it, it, I, it's I using. Think that would get you burnt at the stake. But, yeah, it, it, uh, it, 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 it's 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 no, it's not, is it? It's using characters but, from the Bible. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, like I'm not saying I, you know. It, you know, people believe in what they want to believe. It, it, it's absolutely, it, it's all good as long as you're not hurting anyone. Why the fuck not? You know, just stick it in anywhere as long as it's not hurting anyone. You know, so, um, well, you know, but I, it, it, so it, it's not that I'm. Oh, it's the Bible. <laughs> it's it's Russell Crowe versus Ray Winstone in a store in in an adaptation of Noah's Ark. Mm. And, and it just, I, I just don't see it. It, it, it's going to go one of two ways, isn't it? It's either going to yeah. be fucking marvellous or it's going to be an absolute car crash. I, it, you, you know what? If it's if it's visionary and, and incredible, I'll, I, you know, I will be happy, yeah. happy to say I was wrong. I, I believe I really will. Cool. What, else Mark, what about yourself? Um, anything? Um, the Raid 2 trailer. Fuck me. Did we? Yeah, I suppose we didn't no, talk we didn't. about that, did we? No. Um, yeah, is all I'm going to say. Yeah, it, it doesn't give a lot away. Uh, but it, I like the fact that it seems like they're not just going to go for a repeat of the first, but they're going to try and sort of continue the story in a way. Um, it's going to be a little bit more... Um, they're going to open it up and it's going to be a little bit less focused on, on sort of one thing there's going to be a lot more there um so yeah i'm, I'm very much I, I, i'll just say i think people need to chill the fuck out well at the time the afternoon that it was released i think i thought then people needed to chill the fuck out about it it's a great it, it is a really really good teaser but like in the hours that i was at work and i hadn't seen it and i was just like checking through twitter you you would think it, uh, that this second coming had, had occurred and, and I mean, yeah. I watched it, and it was like. And the thing is, I know people have got a massive goodwill towards Gareth Evans, and you know, so so do I. I mean, I I really, really, really like the raid, but I mean, the teaser's very, very good. But I, you'd literally think you'd just seen the most incredible fight scene ever in in that teaser. The reactions people were were, were giving it, and I mean, like, I mean, Evra Mersoy, who writes for Verite, um, Jordan's magazine. Like said to me on Twitter, yeah, but you know, I, well, you know, out with all the all the teasers people talk about, this one deserves to be celebrated because of the cutting and whatnot. It's like, well, maybe. I mean, I, yeah, maybe. But I mean, all right, he's punching the wall, and you're getting all these like fast shots, and he's punching the wall even harder, and then you're getting these faster shots. Fair enough. I, I, it just like I don't know. It, but in terms of the cutting, I didn't think it was doing it. I just didn't think the teaser was doing anything particularly re- revolutionary. And it, I, I don't know. I, I just, 
I think it, it worries me that people are going to really, really overrate the pudding when it comes to the Raid 2 about everything associated to it before it comes out. If and I, I know it's awesome that people are excited, but I think there's a difference between excitement and just going overboard. It, yeah, it, it is like... I, yeah, I, see, I, I absolutely see what you mean. It's, it's a very good trailer, but people are very quick to tell you how amazing it looks. And it's like, yes. Hang on a minute. It, it It's 90 seconds of fast-moving footage from what will be a two-hour movie nearly. You know, yes, it looks great, and that's brilliant, but maybe everyone should just calm down a little bit. It, it, it's yeah. the opposite to what we've just said about Noah. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, totally. But, I mean, like, believe me, I am... Um... I, I am excited about the raid. I mean, like, I own... I, I didn't get it signed myself, but I, I bought it from Forbidden Planet. I like the raid so much, I bought a signed copy by Gareth Evans and Eco Uaris. You know, so, like, I, I own that. I, I went... I sought that out. That I... You know, I like the raid. I just... Shell it out. Hmm. Um, other ones I watched... Uh, the... Um... The one you just mentioned, uh, I, oh, God, it looks so boring. I just, I, I, it's not often I see a trailer for anything and I go, I don't care. <laughs> Nobody asked for this movie. Nobody cared if this movie didn't exist. Um, and that's what I felt about that. Uh, Some Velvet Morning, the um, film with. Alice Eve and Stanley Tucci, uh, based on the play, uh, where it's just them all within one setting, and it, 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 that looks looks like it could be interesting. Um, I'm not sure whether or not it looks like it's going to be brilliant, but uh, it certainly the trailer certainly made me want to watch it. Uh, and that's about it, really. A lot of kind of other sort of TV spots and shit like that, but pretty much that's it, really. Yeah, I mean, I'll just add with Maleficent, I know I referred to it earlier on, but, I, you know, I want to thank Disney for giving us a blockbuster that I feel no need to see in the cinema whatsoever. Yeah. You know, you know so thank you, Disney. I, it, it's appreciated. It is. It, it, it's a good excuse to, to, to not watch a film. It's just, I yeah. don't... I mean, I, it, it, this, this, the problem is, is this film has been spoken about for about sort of four years now. It feels, yeah, it feels like it's been in the making for an eternity. And, and at no point have I heard anybody say that they're looking forward to it. And I, I, I think it's definitely one of those things where people completely, or studios or anything, seem to, they seem to have one idea of Angelina Jolie. And Film Going Public seems to have another idea. I don't think she can sell a movie anymore. Uh, I think when the, no. the idea and the conception behind the film came out, I think then she could she could sell a movie. Now, I think her star has kind of burnt out a little bit. Yeah, I... Yeah, you're probably right there. I mean, but, I mean the thing is, I mean, like Christ, I mean, you even look at Brad Pitt and he didn't really sell movies by himself until World War Z. I mean, like, World War Z was a success 
because of Brad Pitt in his capacity as actor and producer, basically willing it into being a success through hard work. Yeah, but he had quite big box office success previously. You know, but in ensembles. In, yeah, in, in ensembles or you know, in, in teams certainly. But I think he, but this this film, this is you know the the, the original idea was it was to sell it as. Andrea Jolie in the oh, role, and it just seems a little bit like it, it's just come. It's come three or four years too late. Yeah, yeah, no, that's 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 fair. I also I also like to tweet. Do you do you follow Guy Lodge on Twitter? I think I do. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, um, for for those who don't know him, um, he now he took over when Kermo became the chief critic on the Observer. He took over Kermo's DVDs and download slot, and he writes for I think he still writes for In Contention, which is a blog on um, Hitfix, uh, which also is responsible for the well he's not, but he guests on the uh, excellent uh, Oscars podcast Oscar Talk. Uh, he also writes for Time Out, I think. Anyway, um, he tweeted uh, about the Maleficent trailer saying about how it comes from uh, Robert Stromberg, who's a production designer, I think worked on Alice in Wonderland and Oz and Avatar, yeah. like some of the, mo- some of the wor- worst production designed blockbusters of recent years in terms of just like kind of ugliness mm. and just kind of sharp lines and jagged kind of stuff and just, which I, I think is interesting. And, you know, you get that here. It looks, it looks like sub, Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland stuff going on. Yeah. And, um, I, yeah. And it also, it's also one of these fucking things where it's like the untold story of this, what, you know, the, the whatever, whatever, like the Oz and the Great and Powerful was. And I liked Oz and Great, the Great and Powerful. But it's just like, who the fuck wants to know the story of Sleeping Beauty from the from the the villain's point of view? Yeah. I, I, like, why, why, why is that a thing? Why, nobody. It seems like nobody's asked for it. Nobody said it would be a good idea. Nobody gives a shit. But they still spent two hundred million making it. A bit like the um, Peabody thing film that's coming oh, out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's another one of those where it's yeah. like, you know, no one gives a shit. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I don't bother. Yeah, I, I, I fucking next year in terms of blockbusters, man. I mean, like let's 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 tangent a second. Yeah. Because you know, in, in in the end of the day, you know, we haven't had a show for two weeks, so I'm sure people won't mind if we if we go a little long. What what is there? I'm loading up the film Distri- distributor association's uh, website at the moment, um, uh, just to see what is actually out next year. You know, so I mean, like, because the, the the big thing that's coming out in my mind in terms of summer next year is X Men: Days of Future Past. Yeah. But beyond that, beyond that, what do we have? So let's look from April onwards. Uh, Divergent, Amazing Spider-Man Two on the 18th of April, which seems really early. It, it's that it's Iron Man slot, isn't it? Oh, I suppose that makes sense. Iron Man um, comes out around that time, whenever they release that, doesn't it? I mean, the week after we have Transcendence, which is the Wally Fister directed uh, Johnny Depp starring. That would count as like a blockbuster, would it? But yeah, no, that's the that's the thing. I suppose it doesn't really, does it? No. Um, okay, okay. So what have we got then? Um, Godzilla, the sixteenth of May. Mm. Uh, that you know that could be good. Uh, you've got 
right, fucking hell, there is a weekend I could probably happily skip at the bloody box office. Just coming out the same day as Maleficent, a, a Edge of Tomorrow, that Tom Cruise, Emily Blunt one. Oh, that was called that was called something really interesting to start off with, wasn't it? All you need is kill. Yeah, I'd have got to see a movie saying all you need is kill, but then you call it that, and I'm like, I don't care anymore. Yeah. So yeah, no, absolutely. So okay, so in May, the only blockbusters I'm interested in, and this is May for fuck's sake, is supposed mm. to be the big blockbuster month, is Godzilla and X Men: Days of Future Past. You know, and which, you know, which to be fair, two films I'm very much looking forward to. You said great. Then Friday the 6th of June, we've got uh, 22 Jump Street. Very much looking, very forward, much to looking that. forward to it. And uh, the new Seth MacFarlane film, A Million Ways to Die in the West. Mm. I, bet, I was yeah. very lukewarm on, on, on Ted, so... Uh, so, yeah, all right. Um, then there's, like, nothing scheduled blockbuster-wise... Fucking Mrs. Brown's Boys, Friday the 27th of June. Jesus Christ. That's going to fuck. Right, um, yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. Um, Friday They are yeah. trying to, they are intentionally trying to take big, giant shits on the British film industry, aren't they? Uh, Harry Hill, the movie, Boxing Day. Fuck off. Um, Friday the 4th of July, How to Train Your Dragon 2. Fair enough. Yeah. The week after that, Transformers 4. Uh, I can't say I'm particularly interested, but I'll probably go see it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, about, that's about that. Uh, the week after, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, um, which I'm looking forward to because it's monkeys. Mm-hmm. Um, the week after that, bloody hell. Okay, week after that's interesting. Fast and Furious 7. Fuck yes. Yes, without question. Uh, after Fast Six, I'm on. I'm on the train, and yeah, I didn't think I would be, but cool. And Jupiter Ascending, which I think is that Wachowski brothers film. I can't yeah. believe that's going to be out in July 2014. What? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm saying right now that one. Yeah. Uh, Friday first. Of, oh, sorry, God. If that comes out before September, I will be amazed. Mm-hmm. That does seem very quick. Friday the 1st of August. It still says here Fifty Shades of Grey, but they just pushed that back to Valentine's Day 2015. Have they? Um, yeah. Oh, bloody uh, hell. Yeah, well, after they fucking, like, recast and whatnot, and they still needed to work on the screenplay, uh, you know, I mean, like, to, to fucking shoot a film in post-production then out in, like, way less than a year, that's a big ask. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. Um, but then after that... Uh, actually, um, th- th- it was going to come out the same day, but now it's got pretty much the day to itself. Uh, God, it's the galaxy. What? Shit, God, is that... that that's... That doesn't seem like long till that film, really. No, but I mean, they, they, they have been... Sh- actually, I think they've they finished principal photography. So... Well, it, it just seems... Do it seem strange with that film? It's out in what? Nine months? Nine months. And... We've not seen a sing, or I've not. I mean, you might go, oh, there's been loads. Uh, I've not seen like a single on-set shot or anything like that. There's been no fucking teasers or anything like that. And it just seems there, like there was a comp, there was a t- t- uh, there was a sizzle reel at Comic Con. Was there where they'd only been shooting for like a week and they'd actually put together a reel? Um, I saw the first um, sort of on-set photos from Twenty Two Jump Street uh, this week. Hmm. Uh, I just. I just don't see... I, I, until you mentioned that, I'd completely forgotten it was out next year. 
I just assumed it was out 2015 because that's when every film's coming out. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I mean, th- 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 this is the thing. I mean, it's like because I mean, like Jurassic World was originally going to be out next year, mm. uh, and then that got bumped. But then, like, I mean, like 20, 2015's a fucking like. There's going to be a holocaust for a couple of those films because it, it's just there's too many. The thing is, right? The strange thing there is, there's no Marvel Avengers film next year, is there? From any of them, they're all no, it's twenty fifth. Yeah, no, no, it's well, well no, it's Captain America. Is, is, and oh, is, that, the is that out next year? Yeah. Captain America. Oh, I thought, see, my, in my brain, that was out like Christmas time. No, that's like March or so. Oh, right. Because I was going to say that, it just seems like they haven't, they've crammed a lot in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, like, it just, so, I mean, like, yeah, you've got In Between this movie too, which isn't a blockbuster, but it, it will be huge. Uh, coming out on my 30th birthday, boom! <laughs> The Expendables 3. Oh, beautiful. Um, so I will be going to see that and then have a steak dinner. That is going to be my plan for my 30th night. I would take your steak dinner and see it. And when they say, I'm sorry to say you can't take that in, you go, my 30th birthday, I'll do what the fuck I want, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that would be good. I'll just go to my, yeah, I mean, my view and they'll just, they won't even, they'll just let you in. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so so that's it for 2014. But then, like, you go into 2015, and I mean, like, okay, what have we got? I, I, I will be quick here, because uh, we're probably boring the shit out of people now, but never mind. Um, okay, so I'm counting from April onwards. <laughs> okay, you've got Kenneth Branagh's Cinderella. You've got um, uh, Neil Blomkamp's Chappie. Uh, you've got Tomorrowland. Jurassic World, Assassin's Creed, The Minions movie, Terminator, Independence to Day 2, Ted 2, uh, Batman vs. Superman, Inside Out, the new Pixar, um, Ant-Man. Um, where, where are you up to now? What month are you up to? August. Fucking hell. And then, and, and then I mean, what, what's... Uh, and, 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 I mean, I swear there's stuff... I mean, Avengers 2, obviously... Um, when the fuck is that out? That's okay. That hasn't even got a date here, but I know that is 2015. So, I mean that. I mean, um, okay. So we got Ant Man. Ant Man, Pixar Nolan. film. Just Nolan ones out 2015, isn't it? Ted two. Yeah, but like November. Um, Independence oh. Day two. Terminator, Minions movie, Assassin's Creed, Jurassic World, Tomorrowland, Chappie, Cinderella. That's like 11 or 12 films. Well, that, let's take Chappie out of the mix because fucking, it, it, you know. It's not going to be a big, big, big blockbuster. But, I mean, I think it's fair. Kenneth Branagh's Cinderella, I think, is, is fair to be in that lot. But then you add, Avenger, uh, you add Avengers. And, I mean, it, it's fucking ridiculous. It's what? And, and, I mean, like, Four a month. And then, it's I mean, one a week. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, it's it, it's brutal. It's going to take off. They're going to be... They're going to be taking money off each other. It's going to end up where... Nothing's going to make Avengers or Dark Knight Rises money, but they'll all make 400 million. And the, uh, yeah, I, I'd agree with that. But I mean, the, the the worry for me would be it's going to be the name brands yeah. that act, like make the money. Because you look at Tomorrow uh, Tomorrowland. All right, it's George Clooney, but actually, that's got. It looks like it's got a couple of weeks to itself. And I mean, that's only coming a couple of weeks after when Avengers probably opens, because I'm assuming Avengers will be the start of May. But then, okay, Jurassic World will be fine. 
Assassin's Creed I'd be worried about. Yeah. Um, the Minions movie and Terminator come out the same day, but they are two different audiences, so that uh, well, should yeah, probably be all right. Yeah, I, 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 they'll, they'll trickle along nicely, I think, those two. Have just, just, they'll make... They'll need to make 300 million, and they'll make 300 million. Yeah. But then you look at... I mean, Friday the, Friday the 3rd of July, Independence Day 2. The week after that, Ted 2, which, whether you like Ted or not, it was a massive mainstream pop like, pop-cultural zeitgeisty smash. Oh, yeah. So uh, that's going to be huge. If I was Independence Day 2, I'd be a little bit worried. Yeah, so would I. Uh, that, that, and then two, that's one that could fall by wayside a little bit. Or actually, did I fucking read that Independence Day 2 just got pushed back to 2016? Let me let me look that up, actually. Wouldn't that put it, wouldn't that put it 20 years between yes. films? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. They've pushed it back to 2016, uh, so it'll be for the 20th anniversary, basically. Uh, that's clever accounting, I suppose. Yeah, so, all right, fair, fair enough. But, I mean, the, the fact is, though, like, considering how sparse... Fucking hell, it's 20 to 7. Shit, we need to move on. <laughs> 2014. 2014 is so sparse, and yet 2015, it is... Film, 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 film. I mean, like the rest of the year, you've still got Bond, uh, Warcraft, Star Wars, uh, Hunger Games, Mockingjay 2. Um, it, 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 you know, it's just, it does feel like something is going to fall. And out, out of that lot at the moment, I would say Tomorrowland, Tomorrowland might be fucked. Mm. And that's Disney. Anyway. It's gonna be it's gonna be a, 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 a fucking fun year. <laughs> it's gonna be a fucking ridiculous year. Mm. It's stupid, really. It's gonna end up eating itself. Right, I think we covered our trailers there. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, right. Um, so we'll uh, have a quick break so you can listen to the trailer for uh, Alfonso Cuarón's space drama film Gravity. Uh, and then we'll get into our views on that. Beautiful, don't you think? What? The sunrise. Terrific.
Okay, you heard the trailer for Gravity there. Um, it's the Alfonso Cuaron film uh, set in space um, and has majoritively just two actors with Sandra Bullock and George Clooney. A uh, brief outline of story is Sandra Bullock plays Dr. Ryan Stone uh, and George Clooney plays Lieutenant Matt Kowalski uh, who are doing some work on a space station when uh, they are hit by shrapnel from an explosion and things start to go wrong. Um, I'm sure you'll all have heard about Gravity because it, it's it's been a pretty well-publicised film. It's been a pretty well-received film as well. Um, Ian, uh, what did you think of Gravity? I know you did speak about it with Jordan and Mike on 35mm Heroes. Which yeah, Mike's Skype connection. Mike's Skype connection was fucked, so he couldn't ah. join us. I, I, I was looking um, forward to listening to that, uh, but I thought I'm not going to listen to it because I don't want to hear your views until uh, until after we've done no, this. Fair enough. Yeah, no, and we tried for like 15 minutes with Mike. I don't know what was going on, bless him. But um, anyway, yeah, gravity. Um, okay, I'm looking. I, I'll be honest. I'm looking forward to this being the last time I have to um, talk about gravity uh, any any length because like I. I first saw it like a month ago now. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm, I'm kind of done. Um, gravity, yeah. Um, I think I think it works very, very, very well as an action blockbuster. I don't think it works quite as well emotionally. Um, and I don't quite think it's the visionary cinema will never be the same again triumph that many have cited it as i it's not the avatar of this year for me by any 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 stretch because i think it's a damn solid piece of work um but i also don't think there's as much going on under the hood as the film would like to think it maybe has i think it's a very solid four out of five um but that is as far as i would go mark um Going into Gravity, I, I saw it last Monday. Um, 3D? In 3D, yeah. yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll say that the, the 3D, I think, was very good. It worked. It's the first time, I'll be honest, that I've, I've actually flinched a couple of times at 3D. Uh-huh. Uh, it did get me with that. Uh, it's led very well. Uh, it looks very good. Uh, the performances are, are, are good. Um, I... I, I don't see how and I there's a fucking phrase that I hate when considered with with uh, when it comes to film and I've seen it sit you so many times to describe gravity I don't see how it's a game changer uh, for a start off the game doesn't need fucking changing at all yeah. cinema is fine cinema is is moving along very nicely uh, if it wasn't it wouldn't have so many fucking fans and it wouldn't make so much goddamn fucking money um it's i i think it's it's dangerous to focus and to praise um a film just on it, it, the technical achievement of it um which seems to be happening a lot with with gravity uh, it seems to be a, a reason for if you didn't like parts of it um to say that you still liked it by saying oh but technically it's very good it, and it is, don't get me wrong, it looks beautiful. The opening shot is magnificent. And, and the, the backdrop of having the, you know, the world 
uh, as a backdrop is just sensational, and that that looks incredible. Um, so all of that, but you know, let's be honest. The there are a lot of films out there that, on a technical level, um, of, of how people have constructed them and put them together, are technically magnificent, and it doesn't it does not make them great films. For instance. The third Transformers movie, I'm sure, as a technical piece of cinema and the way that they've put that together and the way that, that the amount of man-hours that people have put in to, to do those bits is incredibly technical. And even if you explained a lot of it to me, I still wouldn't understand it. Um, but it, 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 it's still a shit film. Um, it, it's the idea of if you have a baker who makes an amazing cake that looks amazing and he's used all this fucking really great technical stuff, if it tastes like shit, it's still a shit cake. Um, and that was my worry with, with Gravity, was that everyone was lost in that, and would the film get lost in that, uh, and would I just be watching, essentially, a um, a school project on film? And I'll be honest, if you strip away the majority of the technical achievement of it, I think it's a very by-numbers film. It's, it, don't get me wrong. I did like Gravity, um, but I just feel like everything I've heard about it so far is saying how amazing and, uh, and groundbreaking and just unbelievable it is. that I, I feel a little bit like I'm going to sound like I'm being really negative about it when I'm not. It's a 7 out of 10 movie for me, but it's just do some of those bits cover the fact that the music essentially is an emotional fucking cue every time and there was there was some scenes in it where it was just very clunky yeah uh yeah i think that that's the thing i i think that's absolutely fair and it's interesting i mean like i was listening to kermo talking about it like uh, it's further talking about it while i was jogging today and um he he was saying that it you know he really really rates it because it's a terrific action disaster film. Yeah, yeah and i think on though on that level i mean on that level it is a five out of five but the thing is what i think like because it's getting a lot of oscar talk and it's like about the whole the way it's trying to talk it, 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 it's trying to actually talk about stuff you know and, and but the, i mean like again kermo used the phrase cod philosophy uh, philosophical conversations and that kind of is that kind of is what it is. Mm. And, I mean, like, I, I mean, I'd be intrigued to hear what you think of our conversation on Heroes about it, because I was slightly calling Jordan out on, uh, like, because he was saying that it, it was like an art house blockbuster, and I was asking him to justify it, like, what what that actually means. So we had a really, really interesting discussion, actually, and if, if anyone hasn't heard it, I, I, I do genuinely right, I, 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 recommend I, people listen to it. I am absolutely it, very much looking forward to listening to it. The reason why I, I didn't was because you, the, the reason why I, I, I don't listen to the State Family Era stuff that we're, review, we're reviewing as well beforehand is because, because you want it fresh. Because yeah. I, I, I want to go in, I don't want what you're saying there to influence to what I'm going to say. No, 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 totally, mate. I was just, I was just saying, like, wait, like, when you do, I'd be interested to hear what you think. But I mean, it, it, I mean, that, that, that's the thing. I mean, like, it, it shouldn't be, it, it, it shouldn't be forgotten that the film as an action film is 
pulse pounding. Oh, it, it, and it, it, it is incredibly it is. tense at times. It is. It, the, 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 I would completely agree there. The, I mean, I like the, the action scenes in it are great. And there are some of the, the more, um, like, I'm guessing for what John said, the more the art house scenes are, are very good, but they felt a little bit forced at some points. I mean, the embryonic scene um, in it, it was it was very much like, yes, I, I get it. It's the fetal position. It looks like an embryo. Can, can you move on now then? Oh no, no, yeah, because he does hold on that shot for a while. Can, can you can all right? Oh, just go back to fucking action. And I was a bit like that where it was it was a beautiful shot, but he he just it, it kind of like he had a little bit too much like look look look. Like, I fucking looked, alright, move on to somewhere else. And it felt a little bit like that, like he was trying to kind of force the issue that this was still an Alfonso Cuaron film. And, you know, it's a little bit difficult to to make a hundred million dollar art house film. Um, But... This is this is the thing. I don't think it's an art house. Oh, I, I don't, I, I, think, it's I don't, I don't think I thought it, it's got some art house esque shots in it. It's not an art house yeah. film. Though. I mean, we, that's not a problem. Though. It's not a criticism no. of the film in any way at all. But it does have a few kind of art house shots uh, in it, or or it has some art house leanings. We'll say. The thing is, I mean, like, I, I, I will be brief on this because it's kind of what we actually got into on Heroes. But I think there's a difference between. Well, I mean, I think some some people are blurring the lines between art house and just a grown up film, mm. and it's almost as if if a film, if a mainstream multiplex film actually goes for even cursory cod philosophical, as Kermode put it, um, ways of talking about life and the big things, then it feels art house just because you're not expecting it. Like it's elevated in relative terms to what you were expecting. You know, so it 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 it, it kind of like because Jordan's not the only person I've heard say it's um you know it it's an art it it is an art house blockbuster or it reminds of an art house blockbuster, but it just that phrase doesn't strike for me. I, I, like, it, I, I, had it been directed by somebody else, I don't think people were saying that. To be honest. No, I, I yeah, I totally get. And the, I mean, like the thing is, I mean, even if you were saying, all right, technically it's not Houseman because of the long shots and whatnot. It's well, why why weren't people saying that about Children of Men? Mm. Yeah, no. you know, I mean, like there, there are massive there are massive seeming one take shit scenes in that. No one ever like mentioned Art House, so it it just it's. It's interesting. It almost seems like there's a narrative about talking about the film online, as there is with a lot of hot button films. Mm. And it, 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 it's, I don't know. It, it's interesting. I mean, like, talking about the film itself, though, it, it, it just, I mean, like the one scene, the one slower scene that really got to me, I mean, in a good way, was uh, her listening to the um, the guy doing the dog noises and her accepting death. Uh, which I thought was an incredibly brave thing to do, but then it's kind of completely smacked around the other way, and it, I, it almost felt like they didn't have the courage of their convictions to have George Clooney come in yeah, no, and that... be all light and jolly for <laughs> another couple thing of is, minutes. You know, it's with that scene. I'll be honest; I didn't really like that that bit. It, it, it just it, it it didn't it didn't strike any kind of card with me. But that okay. scene 
didn't need Clooney to have uh, have that vision thing and have Clooney get back in. That scene could have been her sat there and you hear a crackle and Clooney does the fucking blar in the blind thing again and she can talk to him and he talks her through that. Through this, this epiphany that she fucking has with him sat next to her that she can do that. It, it just... Yeah. It, it, that... It did feel like they they they, they went ah oh, we need to get Clooney back in here for a little bit because we can't just have Sandra Bullock yeah. on her own yeah. for this amount of time and you can have Sandra Bullock on her own quite easily for that amount of time because Sandra Bullock is a very good actress and she's not an unpleasant person to be around for and, and do you know what I years. bet if it if it was George Clooney by himself. I don't think they would have felt the need to have Sandra Bullock come in for a couple of minutes. No, no, exactly, yeah. And I think there's an interest, and I don't think it's just because it's George Clooney. I almost kind of think it's just because it's a man. man. I think there's some interesting gender politics stuff going on there. I I, I, I completely agree with that there, yeah. Um, You know another bit that, 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 that did actually bug me, right? Sandra Bullock is down to 8% oxygen. George Clooney yeah. um, knows that he's got only a certain amount of, of juice left in his um, jetpack thing. In his ball bag. Right? I'm sorry, but these are he's an, a, a, a very professional mission-done guy. And that was established earlier when he says to Sandra Bullock, you need to stop now. And she said, he goes, no, now. To yeah. Her. That that is the that none of this matters. What matters is that we get out of the way of this. Why would they diverge so much to pick up a body that they could quite easily, you know, as horrible as it sounds? I I, I just I don't that I, just felt too much. I will like like they went off pattern. It, it, it too far. I will spin in, this in, slightly. In, in, well, that's yeah. Go on. I think maybe it's because Clooney's character, and I think it, it, actually, in defence of the film, I think some people have been uncharitable, or uncharitable about Clooney's character and how he's just gorgeous George doing Buzz Lightyear. I think that he is professional, professional when he needs to be, and he's honourable when he needs to be. I think he's doing that because he's just like there's every, even though he's not telling Sandra Bullock, there's every chance we're not going to make it. But if we are going to make it, I want to do the right thing. Possibly, and he, because yeah. like, I mean, like, as as the film goes on, he's obviously prepared for the fact that he could die at any at any moment. He's just he's prepared for that, and because of this, he has a chilled out way. Which kind of which helps chill out Sandra Bullock as well. I, oh, sorry, excuse me. I think his demeanor demeanor is as much a part of the job as being more directly professional. Mm. I, 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 I'd agree with that. I, I think that, that that any criticism of either of the performances, to be honest, is a little bit off. But I think Clooney's Clooney's yeah. very good. You know, he, he's not he's not got a lot to do, but he's he adds to the 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 tension of it and the but also the calmness of it because it's a film that that calms itself down and and it almost lets you forget that the shit's about to swing back round. Sure. Yeah. Um, but I, I, what I also think it, that is 
at the end of the day, before you, the film starts, you know how it ends. And I think that takes away a little bit from the... Um, from the do, do you mean just because it's obvious how it yeah, ends? Yeah, it's obvious that, that Sandra Bullock yeah. is going to... I remember we're all spoilers all the time, but fuck it. Um, it's obvious that she's You've been spoiled end, by now, frankly. Yeah, so. in, in a pod, she's going to end up crashing to Earth in the pod. You, 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 yeah. I, it, it, that just seems the obvious thing that's going to happen in this film. Um, well, that's bit, like this film. This film takes enough risks in terms of what what it is. You mm. know, like two people floating in space for ninety minutes. That there's no way this would ever be greenlit if she just died at the end. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I for me, the my favourite shot of the entire film, with the exception of the opening shot, um, was the the her once she's got out of the pod. Because also that annoyed me. Right, you're in a pod that is wafting in water, right? Give yourself 30 seconds and let it level out and then open the fucking door. Yeah, there is. That's a fair Right? She's, she does an awful lot of stupid things for a very seemingly intelligent woman. And, but I thought the, the scene of her there, that was very good. I thought Sandra Bullock was, was you know, very, very good in the film. Um, I think it's a little bit. It's a little bit sad that people are saying, oh, you know, it's an Oscar-worthy film, but she won't get it because she's already got one. It's like, fucking hell. Don't stop Daniel Day-Lewis I, collecting them. I, in terms of that, I'll say if she won this over Kate Blanchett, and I know you've got problems with Kate Blanchett, but, I've not seen but the if film. she won this over Kate Blanchett for Blue Jasmine, that would be a genuine crime. You see, I have a problem with Kate Blanchett, but I accept the fact that Kate Blanchett has the capacity to be a very good actress, and I'm very much looking forward to Blue Jasmine. Um, so I, I've not seen that yet. So it's to compare that to that. That um, I still think there's other there's other films to come out that will that will come into play with that. That little I don't I, I don't think that Sandra Bullock versus uh, Kate Blanchett is the is the race yet. Yeah, we'll yeah, we'll see when it comes to that. But uh, I don't know. I mean, like, have you got much more to say? It just it kind of feels like the discussion about gravity's kind of been done. It, it does a little bit. I I've, I've not that much to say other than. It, I, I, if it seems like I've been quite negative, I, I think it's a very good film. I will... It'll have a beautiful-looking steelbook, without question. Uh, if okay. it's a beautiful-looking film. Um, and I will I will no doubt buy it, and I will watch it, because it's, it's an enjoyable film. It's a good, like you say, action film. It's a solid, for me, 7 out of 10. But I, um, I don't think it's... It, it, it's... It's broken for me. I don't think it's broken any fucking new ground, um, and it, it seems a little bit like we've been told how uh, the magicians done this amazing bit. trick, and then when they've shown yeah. us the trick, we've gone, "Oh, it's a card trick." All right, oh, I expect a little bit more. It, I mean, and the, 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 yeah, I mean, it is all just, it is just down to the hype and whatnot. But I, I don't know, it's like getting five out of five in, in, in Empire. In- um, you know, everywhere you hear, it's just gravity's fucking amazing, gravity's fucking amazing. The fact that we've had this, we had this gap between the US and the UK release, it just, it builds it up and builds it up and builds it up. And it just, it, it is great. It, I mean, it is a really, really, really fucking good film. It just... You know, I I was I was thinking it would it, it would, like what I was thinking before it was this is probably going to be in my top ten. It's just where, mm. 
It's not a Afterwards, it's like, it's comfortably not going to be in my top 10. I don't even have to worry about it. Yeah, it, it, it's not in my top 10. It probably won't be in my top 20. But I'm very glad yeah. I saw it, yeah. and, I, and, and it's it won't a be very, very either. Totally. Yeah, I, mean, it's de- I mean, it's definitely not shit. No, definitely not shit. Definitely not shit. And, and its use of 3D is, is, is very, very good. Yeah, totally. Cool. Right. Um, we're going to play some promos from other podcasts that we like and enjoy, and then we're going to come back for some one old and one new. <laughs> It was a childhood corrupted by endless hours of VHS rentals. For sake, the manager, you love it. In his most formative years, he had seen it all. Anything. Action. <laughs> Karate is not to be used aggressively. But if I have no other choice. Horror. <laughs> and romance. Now, he's decided it's time to go back for just one more adventure. Humans are such an easy prey. Noel Miller presents... You're the problem, you little shit! The Adventures in VHS Podcast. Join me, Noel Mellor, as each month I take an in-depth look at one movie from my collection of ex-rental 80s VHS classics and speak to one or two of the people involved with making them about what the format means to them. The Adventures in VHS Podcast. Thank you. Have a nice day. Download today from iTunes by searching for Adventures in VHS or visit adventuresinvhs.com. Are you tired of film podcasts where the hosts exist in a constant, blissful state of agreement? I mean, the main, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. Well, you're in luck. Let me introduce you to Chinstroker and Punter. One is an ex-film student with a penchant for David Lynch and hard cinema. The other is a man on the street. Listen in perplexed and horrified terror as we tear apart one film a week. Just really it's isn't. not visually striking. No. I'm just, just getting confirmation. It's just in That's the third time, though. I mean, I must, is this on? You can find us at chinstrokerversuspenter.podomatic.com. So come and share the victory. If you could fuck any man in film, who would it be and why? My answer is Lance Henriksen. Oh. He wouldn't tell. He looks like somebody. <laughs> he looks like somebody who can keep a secret. I'm Sarah from GorePress.com, and along with my co-host Phil, we present the GorePress Gorecast. But Sarah, what is the GorePress Gorecast? Well, Phil, I'm glad you asked. It's a weekly show in which we review horror movies, discuss our love for the genre, and generally just blunder through, showcasing our startling ineptitude at podcasting. Hello, and welcome to another... Go- oh, for fuck's sake, <laughs> no, that's not helping! That sounds ridiculously professional. That can't be all we do, can it? It certainly isn't. We also try and talk a little bit about what we've watched recently and selflessly plumb the depths of B-Movie Hell so we can inform you, our loyal listeners, about what to watch and what to avoid. Well, that just sounds dandy. Where could I find such a podcast? Well, Phil, you can subscribe to us by searching for the new Gorepress Gorecast in iTunes or you can find us at gorepress.com.
much knowledge about this film. Right, uh, let's get into our one old, one new. Ian, do you want to uh, slap our listeners in the ear face with your one old or one new? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do my old first, even though um, a little bit of a... Actually, no, fuck it. No, actually, I was just going to I was gonna cheat, but I'm not going to. I was going to say very quickly, rewatch The World's End. Um, I'm actually more okay with it now on a second watch. Um, the, the opening is terrible. The ending is terrible. Uh, but the stuff in between, I think if Simon Pegg's character wasn't in it, and it was just the other guys getting into a scrape, I'd, I'd actually like it far more. But as it is, I'm at peace with it. It's fine. I could actually, I actually think it's one that will get better on rewatches, which a lot of people say Hot Fuzz is like. So that's great. Uh, the Hobbit: An Unexpected Journey Extended Edition, um, which I, with, without the high frame rate and without the half ten at night start time, I was actually far more comfortable with it. Uh, I'm actually now quite looking forward to the Desolation of Smaug. But um, probably won't see it in the cinema because of the baby. And I rewatched. Uh, what the fuck else did I rewatch? No, I didn't rewatch anything. Did I? Yeah, no, I did. Oh yeah, I rewatched the Wolverine, uh, which is still great. Third act aside, um, I'm still a big fan of it. Uh, the extended edition. How the fuck did the extended edition get a twelve as well? Um, there's one scene that's bloody as fuck. Um, but hey, BDFC, well done. Um, so. I no, the extended edition is a 12A. Whoa. I was talking about it on Twitter, and then um, Andrew Jones at Ethan Runt, he said, the extended edition is a 12A. I was like, fuck me, really? And I looked on the BBFC website, yep, it was classified at 12. Fucking hell. I watch it. I, probably. It, it, it does kind of feel like that, to be honest, because there is some extra stuff in it, and it is bloody. So, I, I don't know. And I mean, like, I don't know, it just it feels like it lingers on shots more. It, I mean, like, the first film kind of felt like a 15, uh, the first edition, even. This one really, really does. But anyway, um, fucking hell, sorry. Very windy, it's Budweiser. Does it to me? <laughs> anyway, um, my, my one old, my proper one old for this week, uh, Toby Hooper's The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Oh. Um, oh, which... Film. It came out nice. Uh, came out on uh, Blu-ray through Arrow last Monday. Did a review of the Blu-ray set for Nerdly. So uh, my review of the Blu-ray sets there. Uh, it's a great Blu-ray edition, frankly. Um, yeah, I, I I'm quite fond of this as well. In all honesty, um, it's mental. Mm. Um, but that you know that isn't a complaint, frankly. Um, so the story is uh, the. The family have been hiding out uh, where I won't say just because it's uh, an odd surprise uh, when, when you watch the film. Uh, but they target a radio DJ uh, played by Caroline Williams. Um, but hot on the trail of them is uh, the uncle of Franklin and Sally from the original film, a sheriff played by Dennis Hopper. Um, who, according to the uh, special features, spun around on uh, like 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 standing in the same place and spun around before pretty much every single take, so he could get the air of disorientation and just bug-eyed craziness associated with the character. Um, you gotta love Dennis Hopper, aren't you? He's just yeah. Nice. 
The thing is, and I mean, like they say this in the, in the in the special features as well. I think it's in the uh, in in the cast commentary, and they're right. It does feel like Dennis Hopper, like for the second half of this film, where it's all basically set in the one location. Dennis Hopper is in a completely different film. There's just a <laughs> shot of him every ten minutes or so, chainsawing his way through this place and screaming at the top of his lungs. Um, and then it cuts back, and it's like Caroline Williams getting all sorts of gunk thrown at her, you know. Um, I mean, like, it, it, it's bizarre. I mean, it, it, I likened, in my review, I likened the film to uh, Gremlins 2 in a way that it's like, they just, like, the producers, in, it, it's almost like they begged the director to come back to do the second one. And they were just like, well, you've got to let me do whatever the fuck I want, no questions asked. And they're like, yeah, yeah, just do it, just do it, just do it. And this is what they got. It's almost like Toby Hooper is playing a practical joke. Uh, because it's so, it's so fucking different. And it's so subversive in terms of expectations. And, like, it's it's woolly, but in the most entertaining way. And it's batshit. Mm. It is batshit insane, It is ridiculously film. mad. It, it, it makes... But, it, it, it's beautiful in its insanity. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. It's impressively so. Um, I mean, like, the... the, the, the I mean... The difference between the two films is crystallised for me in the final shot of both films. But the first one is this chilling close-up of Leatherface just in a world of his own, spinning this chainsaw around while the dawn sun kind of rises in the background. And it, it, it it's just... It, it's really creepy, but in its own way beautiful. And then the, the end shot of this one is Caroline Williams spinning around just going ah! and then it pans back and she's just in this giant what the fuck sculpture and it it, it just it, and it, it, it just the barminess of that last shot and the, the, the last sequence of that film where it's chopped off is just like crawling up trying to get at her and it, I mean it, it just insane I mean Chopped uh, chop Top played by Bill Mosley is, is great He's a really fucking weird, like, original creation that just shouldn't work but does. And his vein of black comedy is is just wonderfully done. And, I mean, you've got um, Jim Sidow, I think his name is, as as uh, the father, um, like, Mr. Sawyer, I suppose. And it, it's just like the, the, I don't know, the way he kind of flips between moments of lucidity and then just, like, indulging in the, the nuttiness of it all. It's wonderfully done. And, I mean, Caroline Williams, fair play to her, because she... It looks like she gets put through the ringer, but she actually, like... I was talking about it on Twitter, and then she actually tweeted me and the other person we had the conversation with saying that she had a great time on it. And, I like, good and good for her, you know? I mean, that... Because it doesn't look like it, you know? It looks like she was put through the ringer, but... I mean, yeah, come on, you obviously like it. I've not seen it for years, um, and I've I've been told that I've got the um, the, the, the special edition um, on its way. Cause it's my birthday next week, uh, so I've been told not to buy it. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to watching it because the last time I watched it um, was on a VHS copy of it. Uh, so that's the last time I watched it. Um, I, I I enjoy the fact that it is it's it's so different from the original. The the chillingness is kind of gone from the original to a large extent. This is, it, it, it's more of a, 
an insanity movie than it is a um, anything else than, than, than the first one was. The first one is a proper fucking horror movie, and is yeah. you know it is one of the most chilling and the most unsettling movies quite simply ever made. And this is essentially a comedy. <laughs> It, yeah. it, it's just it, it, it's 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 so strange and it's so far removed, but for some reason it just works so well. I am so much looking forward to seeing it again. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 yeah, no, absolutely, it does it does work really really well, and it's I I, I don't know. I mean, like Toby Hooper gets a lot of shit, but I mean he's. And I mean, like, not all of his films are great. I mean, like, I watched The Fun House for the first time a little while back, and that's just as forgettable a fucking horror as you'll ever see. Um, but I I don't know. I, I thought there was some genuine... I, I have seen this before. There were, there were some genuine what-the-shit moments mm. that are, are, are just wonderful. They're just really, really great. So, yeah, I... I really recommend the Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. It's a different film from the first, but it doesn't make it any less valid. Yeah, certainly so. I'd, I'd definitely go along with that. All right, then, Mark, let's have it. Uh, I'm gonna hit you with my one new first. I've not watched a lot new, to be honest, uh, over the past um, couple of weeks. Uh, I've been incredibly busy, um, so I've not had that much chance, really, to be honest. I watched the um, documentary uh, Milius. Uh, about John Mayus. Um very much recommend but it, it, it's hard to talk about a documentary like that in any kind of detail um, because essentially it is um, it is just uh, a a documentary about a guy's sort of career um, so there's not I'd be giving much, too much away um, to kind of to go into that but um it's 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 good, very good. Uh, I like the way they've done it. Uh, the access to um, to people they're talking to is very good. Uh, there are people they speak to that you think, but I wish they could have spoken. I wish they'd speak to that person, you know, more. Um, so uh, yeah, so it's that. But the other thing um, that I watched, the only other thing that I watched was I'm going through a phase now where I'm trying to. Tick off all of the the stuff for the end of the year. Um, so uh, I've got a week off next week where I'm gonna I'm doing it in a wheat and chaff kind of way. So next week uh-huh. because I've got the week off with Becky, I'm gonna watch a lot of wheat. So I'm gonna watch a lot. I watch stuff that I haven't seen. Like I'm gonna watch mud and things like that. Things that I, I haven't yeah. still haven't seen yet. And then body saints and things like that. And then you know. In the few times that I've got, you know, this week and sort of like I like last night, uh, I'm gonna watch what I think is gonna be the, the chaff, the shit, to be to be honest. So I watched the internship, uh, which, being honest, should just have been called the Google movie, mm-hmm. because that's what it is. You know, there's no getting away from it. This is the Google movie. Um, the idea is you've got Billy McMahon played by uh, Vince Vaughn and Nick Campbell played by uh, Owen Wilson. Uh, and they are they are salesmen, uh, and they are laid off from their jobs. Actually, my computer's made a very loud noise. Uh, bear me two seconds. Uh, okay. Sorry. Well, like the actual computer made a noise. Like... Yeah. 
it just flashed up with a warning thing, but the warning thing made no sense. Um, so, um, what they're doing, you know, they, they're then laid off, and um, Nick gets a, uh, a job working for his um, sister's boyfriend, who is played by um, Will Ferrell in typical Will Ferrell cameo insanity role. Um, uh, and in the end, they end up going for an internship at Google, despite the fact that neither of them knows anything about computers at all. And they get into it via the fact that um, it's simply just um, diversity. Uh, they get in on it. And then what happens when they go to Google is all the interns are split into groups where they have a team, and whichever team wins, they'll all get a job at Google. Not kind of specifying what job they're going to do at Google, they'll just work at Google. Because nobody actually appears to at Google work, they just seem to work at Google. Okay. Uh, That's the kind of gist you get from it. Um, And then, you know, what happens, happens as you can happen. In their group, you have a... A, a young uh, Indian girl who uh, is all about geek culture and stuff like that, and you know she's all about how sexy geek culture is like that. But oh my god, yes, she's actually a virgin, and you know blah. You've got the uh, neurotic, really smart, homeschooled Asian kid, uh, and blah, 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 all this, the general stuff that you'll get, and it's very much just like that. Um, it is. It's over two hours long this movie and it has oh, no God, right not, is it? it is over two hours long yeah, I'm just looking now it is listed on uh, Wikipedia it's been 119 minutes that's a lie it's over two hours long two hours four um, it has no reason right or anything to be that long I'll admit at points it had me laughing and at points I I, I found it palatable but over the entire thing, it is essentially an advert for how great Google is. The best thing in it is Max Minghella, who plays um, one of the other interns called Graham, uh, who is a um, fucking... He's there to get the fucking job done. He's there to get a job at Google. And he plays just a fucking proper douchebag. But the only thing is, is... You end up kind of rooting for him more than you do the rest of them, to be honest. <laughs> right, okay. Um, it, for a lot of it, it is just Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn just talking at each other, just talking at each other really fast, and just, just doing that and just talking. Just, just, and it, the film actually even acknowledges this at one point, where one of the characters says, You're not doing anything. All you're doing is saying words that sound like each other very quickly, and it means nothing. And yeah. it, it, you kind of watch going, yeah, but that's the film. That's this entire film. This entire film is an advert for Google with the occasional, oh, aren't they old and, old and funny gag. And it just... It's just... I, I don't understand why at any point when they were making this film, they thought that people would, wouldn't just see it as being an advert for Google. It's... It, 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 it's so strange. It's all set, with the exception of a couple of scenes, on the Google campus. And no one seems to do any work at all. 
And yeah. um, Owen Wilson's character seems to learn uh, how to be a computer programmer like overnight. It's just honestly, I I know you're probably weren't going to watch it anyway, but don't anybody, just anybody, if you think you know, and it crops up, it'll crop up on Netflix soon. If you look at it and think, I'll give it a go, don't. Just don't. Watch something else. Because I watched it for everybody. It's not a complete abomination, but it, it, it it's just really boring, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, you will spend the majority of your time on Google searching for things more interesting to take your mind away from watching this film. Google is more interesting than the Google movie. Yeah, uh, and it should have just, just been called the Google movie. Um, mm. However, what I will say is um, the um, Taya Sakura, who plays the um, Indian girl in it, is surprisingly hot all the way through it. Well, that's something to recommend. I was, yeah, that, that was it. I, I was looking at going, I know you try to act like she's not hot, but she's actually quite hot. Uh, and that was that's about it. Um, so, what's your one uh, one new that you're going to throw at us, Ian? Uh, I'll be quick, just because you know um, we're we've oh, got an awful lot more to get through tonight. Uh, so uh, I'll, I'll just say, pardon me. Um, in the interest of, like you say, just kind of like getting through stuff for the year, you know. Uh, I watched uh, Noah Baumbach's Francis Ha. Uh, oh, yeah. Which just got a criter- uh, just got a Criterion as well. Um, yeah, so uh, Criterions are now for me getting Criterions are wonderful. They are beautiful, but they are getting a little bit like um, hipster director special editions. A little bit, yeah. Even though it made me laugh as well. Um, they're they're releasing blue is the warmest color, but they're releasing it first just as a bare bones, just because they want to get it out there. And fair play, they've already they've said this, and then they're going to do a special edition later once they can actually get some extras together. And it's just like, it's just like, well, why don't you just fucking wait then? Just wait a few months or mm. something and just release it then. I'm just, you know, because it, it just, I, I'm sure they'll offer some sort of rebate thing, but it just sounds like such a fucking weird thing to do that like it'll probably still be like 20 odd quid yeah 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 exactly it just it feels like such an uncriterion thing to do but i I don't know um even though you know fuck it they're releasing the fantastic mr fox on criteria in a few months so i'm not i'm not complaining um so yeah uh francis uh it's very good it's very very good uh works great um she's extremely uh, likable you get behind her pretty much all the way through. I think the comparisons that people have been making to girls is a little bit lazy. I think that Francis and Lena Dunham's character in Girls are two completely different people. Uh, yes, they are young, and yes, they, like, they're not too sure what they want to do with their lives, but um, Hannah, uh, the character in Girls, is, you know, far more, you know, fucked up in inside miserable than Francis ever is. Um, the hipsterness is kept to a low apart from Francis's best friend character played by uh, uh, something Summer, I can't remember her name now. Uh, I wasn't into her character at all, but the rest of it, I thought they actually got away with it um, because it is just quite charming and the black and white cinematography looks great. Um it, it, it's a film I was kind of ready to be annoyed by, but I wasn't. I, I basically wasn't 
for the vast majority. And that, that was a pleasant surprise. Uh, frankly, I'd recommend it. Um, that, that's, that's all I'm going to say. But yeah, I, thought, I actually thought it was pretty decent. And I'm not a massive fan of Noah Baumbach's either. So, mm-hmm. hey. That's my worry about the film is, is I think, it, you know, it, everything I've read about it, everything I've looked at it, it looks very interesting, it looks very good. But um, I, I just outright don't like Noah Baumbach films. Um, so I, I, I fucking hated Greenberg, mate. And like, I, I hated Greenberg, and I quite like this. So. Yeah, see, see that's, that, that, that's what's making me think. One of the reasons why I haven't watched it yet, but I'm looking forward to watching it, because I really want to like it. I really, really want to like it. But I have so much previous with Noah Baumbach that I'm kind of I'm preparing myself to go, right, I really want to like it. But I'm worried that it's going to be a no Baumbach film, and I'm, I'm going to finish watching it and go again. Fuck! And it'll be that'll be that's it. I'm fucking done with his films. And then his next film will come out, and I'll go, "Oh, that looks good." And I'll watch it again and come out and go, "Oh shit, he's done it again." <laughs> I, the thing is, it feels like all his films feel very personal, but but he's a it dick. It feels like. He's it, yeah. But the thing is, like, because like uh, Greta Gerwig, he's going out with her now. He basically dumped Jennifer Jason Leigh and got with Greta Gerwig, and is that it almost yeah. Honestly, and it, it yeah. Ah, oh, what a cunt! I mean, I I don't know what, what the situation it was, you know, whether he actually had an, had an affair with even her. If or he whatever. Did, even if he did, it's a little bit like, all right, so here's your new muse, and you're gonna you're gonna chuck away the old one that supported you through your fucking going through your shitty career and now it's just yeah, as soon as you've got a little bit of what is it it's bye bye jen you're looking a little bit old now i'm gonna go on this new thing i hope she fucking gets fucked by the neck i hope she pulls a kirsten stewart on him yeah uh, well fair enough i i but i mean it's it, like it. um no 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 i can tell um <laughs> but um Nice. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, 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 frankly, it seems like he's a happier person. He's more comfortable in himself. And if Francis Hart is a love letter to his girlfriend, A, he's actually made a decent film. So there you go. I mean, in the end of the day, you don't have to like directors. To be fair, most of them are probably cunts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you just. You know. I mean, I, I, one of my favourite directors of all time is Sam Peckinpah. And what a colossal dick that man was. I own Rosemary's Baby on Criterion. Yeah. Roman Polanski, he's not the, the whitest of white. He's an ass. We'll leave it at that. He's an ass. He's a creepy rat-like man. He's a buffoon so, you know. and a rapey one at that. Um, ah. are, you ready, are you ready for my one old? Go on. Oh, this, is, this, is, this is a beautiful film. Right, I haven't watched this film in, it must be about 15 years. Um, and I watched it because I got to work, I had to go to work at 7 o'clock for a delivery and I thought, I'm not fucking, I'm not doing any work. I mean, three hours earlier, I'm not getting paid for it. I'm not doing any work. I'm watching a fucking film. Um, and so I watched on Netflix um, Dragon, the Bruce Lee story. Now, fucking alright, I need to watch this, sorry, go on. I won't go into too much detail of the story then, but I will go in, have you ever seen it? No, but I... I, I will go into the reasons it. why you have to see this film. Right, Dragon the Bruce Lee story, funnily enough, is the story of Bruce Lee, right? Because it's in the fucking title. 
Except it's not at all the story of Bruce Lee. It uses the idea of the story of Bruce Lee, um, of of, of his life, which is a very interesting um, life, uh, which Sally cut short. He was 32 when he died. Um, And it uses that as a backdrop to make a martial arts film that contains him fighting with chefs on a building site of sorts, uh, on set fighting with people that never happened, these are revenge fights, a fight in a temple that never happened, (laughs) Um, and him fighting imaginary demons. And I don't mean metaphorically fighting imaginary demons, I mean actually fighting metaphoric demons. It's directed by Rob Cohen. Enough said, right? Um, It is absolutely brilliant that they've managed to make a martial arts action film out of the tragic story of a man's life and death. And what I will say is, is... you know, it, it, it's very much endorsed by um, his ex-wife. Well, ex-wife, his, his wife, who his widow. Um, you know, it's partially based around uh, her book, and apparently, you know, his daughter very much, you know, likes the film and says it's not an accurate depiction of my father's life, but he. You know, he would have enjoyed the the spirit and the showmanship of it, and, and he would have liked that this is the film of his life, and it it, it seems to explore that a lot. Um, it is it, it, it's wonderful that, that not only did this film come out and it's like this, there was also computer games based on this film as well, and I remember owning one of the computer games. Um, honestly, it is insane but brilliant all the way through. It is a it is. One of those biopics that makes no sense um, is very loosely based around the man's life, but also has just so many just great scenes of, ah, I know this didn't happen, but but I'm happier imagining that it did. Mm. It's great. (laughs) It really is. I need, yeah, no, I I need to watch it. It sounds... That is exactly it. It is a lot of fun. Um, Jason Scott Lee is brilliant as Bruce Lee. Uh, he's no relation, uh, but he's magnificent as Bruce Lee. Um, and a lot of the film uh, just comes up with different excuses for him to get his shirt off. Um, and um, Lauren Holly as uh, Linda, his wife, is also very good and does actually add a little bit kind of there are a few very good dramatic scenes in the film um that when you take them out of you know the rest of the film which is quite quite breezy and quite fun there are one or two quite dramatic scenes um for instance the one where he's in traction after he's broke his back that's very good and one towards the end of the film uh, where Bruce loses his shit a little bit, and that's they're very well done, and, and they kind of work. And it's it's a you know it's it's not a great biopic if you're judging on what a biopic should be, but as a film and an idea, it, it is incredibly entertaining, and I very much liked it. And I, it's one that I thought 
you know what? I might not watch this for 15 years, but I can definitely see myself watching it within the next couple of years again. Hmm. Hmm. Cool. I need to watch. Yeah. Um, so, uh, we're going to move on now. Uh, we're going to play a trailer from our second review, uh, which is of uh, Ridley Scott's The Counselor, uh, also known uh, in other parts of the world as The Counselor. With two L's. Um, so here's a trailer from that, and then uh, we'll we'll get into it. Counselor, I always thought a law degree was a license to steal, but you for one hadn't really capitalized on it. I don't intend to take this up as a trade. A one-time deal, right? You may think there are things that these people are simply incapable of. There are not. I'll try and remember that. Good. That's a nice ring. Have you set a date? Not yet. You should be careful what you wish for, Angel. Because we all have secrets. I have something to discuss with you, and I'm a bit scared. If you pursue this road, you will eventually come to moral decisions that will take you completely by surprise. What do you think I should do? I don't know, Counselor. Switch off the engine! They're not cops. It's gonna be all right. Are you superstitious? How bad is it? Let's say pretty bad. And then multiply it by 10. Okay, you heard a trailer from The Counselor, um, which is directed by Ridley Scott and stars Michael Fassbender, Penelope Cruz, Cameron Diaz, Javier Bardem, um, Brad Pitt. You've also got Rosie Perez. She's been good in everything. Uh, Edgar Ramirez for uh, Blink and You'll Miss Him. Bruno Gantz, Tony Kebble, um, John Leguizamo. Breaking Bad. Huh? Hank from Breaking Bad. Hank from Breaking Bad. Oh, you haven't, you haven't seen from nope. Breaking Bad, Hank you? from Breaking Bad, right. which I, I, I'm guessing, uh, is he some kind of main peripheral character in Breaking Bad? He, yeah, he's uh, Walt's brother-in-law who happens to be the DEA agent who's basically chasing who, Walt, who, essentially. Who was he in The Counselor? Um, he's the guy who... Um, ah, okay. He turns up with a guy who looks like John Leguizamo for a scene, and yes. they're chatting about, yeah. Oh, oh, I know you mean. Yeah, yeah, him. He, he's 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 one of those that guy from that thing kind yeah. of guys. Yeah. Cool. He's like, he is now Hank from Breaking Bad. Well, yeah, we're gonna and, and good that he's now got a a, a moniker. Um, 
story is um, you've got uh, Fassbender, who is just simply known as the counsellor, um, and he's in a drug kind of deal with um, Javier Bardem and Brad Pitt, uh, and there's other bits kind of literally around. Um, and the other thing to mention is this is actually a screenplay um, by Cormac McCarthy, um, who quite simply is one of the um, greatest living authors. Um, Ian, what did you think to The Counselor? Bobbins. Absolute fucking bobbins. Mark? Um, uh, like I said, um, written by Colin McCarthy, one of the greatest authors of the time. Um, you've got a hell of a cast there. Um, Ridley Scott is apparently a great director. Um, I don't understand how you could make a film this bad. Um, it's do you know do you know what would have made this film what would have made this film a lot better if Tony Scott had directed it. I saw somebody tweet earlier on saying, "I wonder what they're." Uh, yeah, I, I'd rather see Tony. Scott's I would rather see Tony Scott. So, I'm not saying I'm not saying you're copying someone. It's just like it's interesting. It's the second time I've heard that, and it's a great point. It was the first thing I said actually when I came out of the cinema to, to Becky was was it, it, it was I, I need to check to see if Tony was originally slated to direct this and Ridley took it over after he uh, sadly passed away. Um, no. I, right. I, the idea of it is you've got is the Fassbender's character who. You never find out what his name is. He's only called the counsellor, uh, which is just that idea has now been done to death. That you never get to find out his actual name. So, and you never get to find out anything about any of these characters. But you spend so much time with them. The story isn't a. Cormac McCarthy is an incredible writer. This isn't a film. It's a fable. It's not even a book. It's a fucking. It's a. It's it's a a story. It's it's incredibly wordy as a film, but it doesn't seem to make that much sense. Um, the idea, the film, the idea of the film, for me, it, it has been done before, and it was in it was a magnificent film called Traffic. The the the, the words in the film. It, it feels like you know the, the phrase "sound and fury" signifying nothing. Yeah. Th- this is this is the sound and fury signifying nothing of Oscar bait films. Well, it is, there's, a, there's a moment towards the end where um, Cameron Diaz is 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 doing one of the big because there's a lot of monologues in this film, and oh. she's doing one of the monologues. And I was looking at it thinking. Well, the problem is, and it wasn't the first time I thought this throughout the film, I thought it quite a lot throughout the film. Is I was looking, and, and, and can I just point out that Cameron Diaz is, for me, the best thing in the film. I enjoyed her in the film. She was fun. She's vamping it up. To fuck. And to I an liked insane that. degree. And I liked that. And I'll come to the reasons why I like okay. that in, in okay. a minute okay. when I'm going to pull out some positives. Um, and she's saying it, and I was watching it thinking, the problem is, you're just remembering lines that were written down on a page and you're saying them. You neither understand their meaning 
or or the the way of what is being said you are quite simply reciting something that you have read written down you just it, it just fell and often throughout the film it just looked like they were just remembering what was written down on the page and that is as much the fault of the director as it is of the actor and also there is nothing with the exception of one shot in the entire film that reminded me that I was watching a Ridley Scott film. What was the shot? The shot where Fassbender walks through the um, demonstration in Juarez, Mexico. Oh, okay. That's the one shot where I thought, this is a Ridley Scott film. And that was it. It's... It, it, it is the most haphazardly directed movie of his I have ever seen. Yeah, I, I, the thing is, I, I, I mean, we both went into the film really, really wanting to like it, mm. and I mean, like, well, I mean, like, you don't go into a film wanting to hate it, but you know what I mean. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah, and like, the, and the thing is, because of like the trashing it had been getting. You know, and I mean, I listened to the film junk review, and they were saying that you know, uh, people were being turned off because of how dark it was and how worthy it is, and you know, why why does why does a worthy film automatically be uh, seen said it, it is shit? The reason why this worthy film is seen as shit is because the way the words are structured and the way they're formed, it's basically. A load. I mean, the film is. I mean, the film essentially comes down to Javier Bardem tells Michael Fassbender this is a bad idea to get involved via monologuing. Mm. Fassbender continues. Brad Pitt says this is a bad idea. You shouldn't get involved by monologuing. Fassbender continues. Repeat. Bad thing happens. Bardem says you shouldn't have done that. At Fassbender, Brad Pitt says you shouldn't have done that. At Fassbender, everybody dies apart from Michael Fassbender. End of film. Yeah, that that's that's the counselor. Yeah, it it is. It's you see because you you saw this before me and um, yeah. and then tweeted saying that you you weren't a fan and I went into it and what I was saying to you was. If it's as sleazy, and I, I yeah. knew about a certain scene, yeah, uh, and we'll come to that in a second, I knew about that scene, and I thought, great, not because of that scene, but I thought, if it's sleazy, if it's fucking really Oliver Stone-style sleazy, I will have a great amount of fun, like I did with Savages. Savages is one of those films where I don't care that everyone else hates it. I love it because it's sleazy and it's fucking just nasty and unpleasant, and I like that. That's I, I, that kind of thing gets me. I thought if this is like that in any way, and it's just grimy and anything like that, I'll be you know uh, great. Fucking, you've got me. But it won. It wasn't. It, it was that there was one scene, and even that wasn't grimy or sleazy. It was a little bit like I felt. I thought really see why that was there other than to that, that, see yeah. shocking but the film let's, actually... let's, let's just talk about that scene yeah it's the fact that 
Bardem's character, after he says like says that scene, is like, I've got no idea why I told you that. Mm. Yeah, he says it, it's just like, no, neither do we. Yeah. But I mean, like, the, the thing is, I kind of like that scene because I like Bardem's point. Yeah. That it's it's fucked up. But he's attract. He is attracted to her, and what does that say about his state of mind? Well, I, I, I think that's an interesting idea. The, the, but 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 it it's Cameron Diaz fucking a car for no reason. Actually, no yeah, reason. Yeah, there's, there's no logic behind. But I was watching that going. There's just, there's, there was two things that struck me about that. The first one was, I, I, I don't see why this is here, but in a completely non-sexual way, I kind of like it. It, it, it. It's the right amount of crazy. And I hope that, that, that now that this is where the sleazy ridiculousness starts. Um, and the other thing that struck me was, they could have given that body double a, a, a more convincing wig. Because yeah, that's and yeah, that not only that, the body double looks up at the camera and you go, well, that's clearly not Cameron Diaz. <laughs> Which you know, two things there. One, you can say, well, of course, yeah, Cameron Diaz isn't going to do that. But two would be, well, hang on a minute, right? Moving away from the fact that it's a ridiculous scene and it sh- it, it, it is pointless completely. So moving away from all the 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 um the feminine outrage that you could get from that, which I kind of agree with, but it's there, so let's you know because there's no reason for it at all, is there? For the scene. No, even though I will say the look on Bardem's face was almost worth the price to do the mission alone. Exactly. But the other like, thing there is Diaz has obviously read the script and looked at that. You kinda of go why, you know, you don't actually see anything. Why why couldn't she have done that? Why did she need a body double for that? It's weird. It, 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 well, I, I don't know, the legs, man. Like, the fucking, like, she used to be a dancer, kind of, like, doing the full... I, I, I'd, I'd be very surprised if, um, if, if Cameron Diaz can't do the splits. Uh, but anyway... I, don't know. I mean, the, the, the thing is, I mean, yeah, you're saying as well about Cameron Diaz looking at the screws. I mean, it just reminded me. I mean, this film is basically, it it, it, it almost feels like every single participant agreed to it sight unseen. Either that, or they were just blinded by the fact it was Cormac McCarthy. Mm. Because there is no fucking way, there is no way this film gets greenlit unless it's in this state Unless it's written by Cormac McCarthy or similar level author, there's there's no way. The funny thing here is I, when I, when we came out and I was talking to Becky about it, Becky didn't see it with me. Um, I mentioned it and I, I I said it's written by Cormac McCarthy. And her response to that was, "Well, there you go." I said, "What do you mean?" She said, "Well, Cormac McCarthy books are they're they're very wordy. They're very difficult to make into films." And I said, I said no, it, it, it's not based on a Cormac McCarthy book. He wrote the screenplay for it. And her response to that was, and she's quite a big Cormac McCarthy fan. And she said, he's not, a, he, but he's, he's, he's not a screenwriter. 
he's an author. He should he should have written a story, and somebody else should have written a screenplay. A screenwriter. There's a big difference. Some can do both, but it, it this felt like it 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 could have been polished together better by by somebody who understands the dynamics of cinema better than Cormac McCarthy. And I mean, as well as that, there's like in terms of the construction, there's there's terrible like for like foreshadowing what's going to happen later on. Well, the, are you the talking about, are you where... talking about a certain a certain item is mentioned, and you're going, well, yes, I wonder if that's well, going to come back later like on that. in the film. Yeah, it's it's brutal. It's brutal. There's no reason. Uh, well, I mean, there is a kind of a reason in terms of Bardem saying this is what could happen to you if things go wrong. But, oh, I mean, like you, you are then waiting for this. Mm. And the thing is, so that's bad in terms of the screenplay. But then in terms of the direction, it's so fucking obvious what's coming. But, you need, but there's music building up, telling you something's coming. And it's just the shots of Brad Pitt walking along that must... Must be for two or three minutes, mm. and it's just like, just kill him, just fucking, just do it, just get it done. I I want to see Brad Pitt's head fall off. Yeah, get on with it. Brad Pitt does a little bit look like uh, in, in this film, like somebody drew a picture of Brad Pitt's face on a baked potato, and stuck some beard hair onto it, and then put a hat on it. Sure, he, he looks very think, strange yeah, I mean, it, in this film. I think he's trying to look younger than he actually is. Possibly, and he's yeah. Kind of, he's kind of fucking the dog with it. It just... It, the whole thing is really misguided. Do you know what it, it, it felt a little bit like to me? Like, about halfway through, Ridley Scott went, oh, I can't be bothered anymore. Yeah. I'm bored. When are we making Blade Runner 2? And have we got Prometheus 2 greenlit yet? Yeah. When are we starting those? Oh, not till next year. Oh, fuck, so I've got to finish this? Yeah. Um, all right, leopards. But I mean, like, it's almost like Cormac McCarthy got bored of writing it as well, because I mean, like, for, like it just there's so much right, build up to for, nothing happening. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing. Like when it ended, I was like, shit, really? Yeah, righto. Just because like Fassbender's character, the way he ends, it's I mean, which is it's kind of interesting in a way, just how unceremonious a final scene for the lead character it is. He's just like he just gets that fucking let, that 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 CD. He doesn't even know what's on it. Yeah, and then he, he just starts he, crying. The thing is, he does because Brad Pitt's told him what will be on it. Oh, oh, yeah, all right, fair, yeah. So no, he has an idea, but he didn't have the balls to check it. And I mean, I, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing. It's just that it doesn't, the thing is, as weird as it sounds, it doesn't really, it just, there's no ending to his fucking character. No. It's, all right, they just, like, well, all right, he's in this place, is he going to get any revenge? No. Is there a what should we do with him, then? Though? I don't think there's a beginning to anyone's character. There's no characters there. There's a collection yeah. of cartoons characters. Cause it is, I mean, it is It is basically, you watch these people set up stuff going wrong, and then it goes wrong. The end. You know, I mean, like, Penelope Cruz is so fucking underused in this, okay. and underserved. It's it's embarrassing. It's it's fucking embarrassing. 
like you know she's got the scenes with Fassbender at the start and then like it's like it's just little things as well like she's on the phone to him and he's like saying you've got to pack a bag and get out of there and like she's an innocent she doesn't she doesn't know he's in any let's trouble like, and she's like okay let's I'll go, do it you let's know, go to it, easy it's like and at no point does Fassbender think oh maybe they might check the internet history on my computer yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it, it, it's yes exactly and I, but I mean it's I felt insulted for Penelope Cruz that she was playing a character who went out in that way. It's just like she's abducted and then there's nothing to it and then bang, she's in a landfill. Um, uh, John Leguizamo. Uh, oh, uh, why is there four, why is there four um, barrels? Oh, there's a bloody one. Oh, why? Oh, it gets sent here. All right. And then what happens? He goes back. And then what happens? Uh, I don't know. Right, that scene, that scene as well. We, we, we I was watching this film. One of the best films of the, one of the best scenes of the film for me, because it was a comedy yeah. scene. The, the, yeah, the, the the thing is, right, it, it's interesting. Yeah, and he's uncredited in the counselor as well. Yeah. That was weird. I I like, I was looking for his name in the credits, and it just wasn't there. But I just looked on IMDb, and it, I mean, it was him, and he is credited. That, that's fucking weird. That's but strange, isn't it? yeah. And like the, the thing is, right? You, you haven't because you haven't seen Breaking Bad. No. There's there, this film so badly wants to be Breaking Bad in its direction. Like there's a thing that Breaking Bad does where it 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 it, it shows these scenes of like the production of drugs or like the way that, the way that they're doing things, the way that they're cooking meth, being undetected, and they have like incongruous music play. Mm. And you have that that type of scene play where like the truck pulls into the place and they're fixing the truck and the guys the guys getting bandaged up and whatnot and you've got that music playing and it's just like they, the two don't really connect. It's a break. That's a Breaking Bad throwback. And I was just thinking, God, this film so badly wants to be Breaking Bad. And then bang, Hank from Breaking Bad is straight on the screen. <laughs> and it, it, it was, I mean, I like, literally, I was thinking about Breaking Bad and then this random fucking scene. I swear to God, like, the thing is, all right, it, it, it is a good scene in itself, but its purpose literally seemed to be they did a reshoot because they were like, oh, Hank from Breaking Bad, uh, like, come to visit somebody on the set. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I was going to play golf with John Leguizamo later on. I'm just <laughs> see if he wants to come in for a bit. Yeah, John. Yeah, do you wanna do you wanna do a scene with Hank from Breaking Bad? Oh, I'll, I'll I'll tell you what to say when you get here. And then just filmed it, and it was as if it had come in from a completely different film. Yeah. Uh, also, I, I, it just oh, so fucking sloppily put together. What it? happened to Tony Kevill's character? He's there to have an <laughs> argument. Um, and be and a he said the opening credits. Yeah, uh, uh, we can, I thought. Tony Cavill, nice, you know, it's nice to see him in that, because he's a good actor, and then he's in it, and you think, oh, what, what's going to come, when he, when's he going to come back, and then it, you get to it, and you go, wait, Tony Cavill's not coming back, is he, that's it, and it, it so, I mean, I mean that, that scene is literally, so he's, a, you know, so the counsellor is a bit of a cunt, yeah, which, 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 which has already been established, well, established by the fact that he's trying to do a drug deal, yeah, it's so regularly it's stated. Oh, so you're a bit of a smart ass then, and it, it, yeah. it's like that. And it's it, 
he he's not a likable character in any way. He just comes across as being a bit of a dickhead and a bit of a smarmy cunt. And then Edgar Ramirez in it again, another very good actor in it for a minute as a priest. Why? It just it seems like again it seems like Ridley Scott wanted to get as many names in there as possible, but then it's just underused them all. It's, it makes it you wonder. Is the, story. It makes you wonder. Is there going to come out going to be a a typical Ridley Scott director's cut come out that's going to be half an hour longer and you and you're going to watch it and go, well now that makes sense. I never ever 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 want to see this film again. It was just bobbins. I I I don't actively hate it because the sheer quality of the cast means I and a lot of them do solid work means that I can't hate it but it's fucking bobbins the film is nowhere near as interesting as one of its characters yeah that's a great way of of of, of summing it up and frankly I was having this discussion with uh, Bill um, from Nowhere and Mulberry on, on Facebook if this film was Javier Bardem's film it would probably be five times better if it was Cameron Diaz's character's film, it would probably be five times better. Yeah, I'd probably go with that, to be honest. Um, I, I, I'm if, if it was Shit. a film about them two, I'd be a lot happier. They were the most interesting character. And if you'd have, taught, if you'd have shown me like the trailers and everything like beforehand, I would have said, those two characters are the ones that could make everything go wrong in this film, because they look like they should be in a different film. And the thing is, their other film, their different film, which looks like it should have been directed by Oliver Stone, I would watch that film. I would watch yeah. them doing crazy shit on a fucking crazy weekend. I would watch that film. I wouldn't watch a film about any of the other characters because it just looked really boring. And I really like wordy films, but this was wordy in all of the wrong ways. Um, yeah, it's I'm very sad to say it, it, it was just it, it, if we're going on our scale of shit or definitely not shit, I'm going to have to say it was shit. It was fucking shit. I'm happy. I It's probably not even going to be in my bottom ten of the year, but it was still shit. Yeah, I, I, no, I mean, a piss. probably in my bottom ten year, but it, it, it wasn't very good. Me too as well. Right, and then we'll come back and do Kiss Kiss. Nice. Alright. Hurry up! It's not my fault. Just shut up and run. Hold it right there. Harry was a small-time crook. Oh boy! Till he opened the door. Oh no, no, we're not ready for your audition. Just take him. He's ready. You ready, right? To a really big break. Quit acting like the good guy. You got your partner killed. You killed him. See, this is what I'm talking about. Old-school method. Give me Gabe Perry on the phone. But he'll need a real cop. Detective lessons tomorrow for your acting. Oh, you're the uh, consultant. If he wants to act the part. You must be Gabe Perry. Still gay? Me? No. I just like the name so much, I can't get rid of it. So what do you do? I'm a private detective. He thinks I'm a detective. Of all the idiot things to do. 
My sister was oh, so murdered. Are you going to help me? i got to check my schedule. Can you help me, Harry? Because you're I, not going to help me okay, find somebody okay. else. So sometimes I have other... Oh, uh, my caseload oh, is, sure. is pretty... Thank you. From Shane Black, the creator of Lethal Weapon. Do not play detective. Moron. Go home before the bad guys do something bad to you. Two corpses in three hours. I mean, that's unusual, right? Yes. Comes a mystery. It's a frame up. First things first. Do you have the corpse? I, I, I got rid of it. You threw it away. Yeah. Look up idiot in the dictionary. You know what you'll find? A picture of me? No. The definition of the word idiot. Ow. It starts with a kiss. Why'd you lie to me? It was an excuse to stay around you, so I mean, I think... Ow! Did I just cut off your finger? Yeah. It's on the floor. Pick it up. Pick it up. And ends with a bang. Where is the girl? Oh. You put a live round in that gun. Oh, yeah. There was like an 8% chance. Hey, who taught you math? Robert Downey Jr. What do you think, I'm stupid? Val Kilmer. Yes, I think you're stupid. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Oh, hell. Kiss me. What? Kiss me. No, no, no. No, no, no. These lessons suck. Right, um, we're going to play a trailer from uh, the uh, first film in our... What's it called again? It was only like an hour ago. Christmas Marathon. Christmas Marathon. I will remember that, I promise. In our Christmas Marathon um, marathon, uh, here is the trailer for Shane Black's debut directorial film, the 2005 crime comedy noir, uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Okay. Ooh, Charlie Countryman's up on as, as a torrent, sorry. It is indeed, yes. It is, Sorry. Yeah. I've, 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 I have downloaded it. To, to watch at some point, maybe. If, if, I, if yeah, I can bring myself good. to watch... If I can bring myself to watch... Um, Child of the Apes, wang. I, I'm, in, I, I'm actually intrigued by it. I am Sorry. actually... It looks quite good, doesn't it? Yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit intrigued by it. Right, that was a trailer from uh, Kiss Kiss uh, Bang Bang. Uh, the film starring Robert Downey Jr., Val Kilmer, uh, Michelle Moynihan, and who else have we got in there? Uh, and a lot of other people. Corbin like, Burnson, Shannon Sossaman. Yeah, yeah. Others. Um, yes, uh, but more importantly, it's written and directed by Shane um, Black. Uh, film starts with uh, our character, uh, Robert Downey Jr., introducing himself as the uh, narrator, and then he starts to tell you how he's got to this party in Hollywood uh, and uh, he basically reencounts a story of him being uh, you know robbing a toy store uh, around Christmas which is why we're covering it in this marathon uh, and his friend ends up getting shot and I'm sure you already all know this because you've all fucking seen it anyway Ian kiss kiss bang bang go oh, well it's fucking great isn't it I, I it just it's it's cracking. Um, this is like my my fourth or fifth or sixth watch by now, and um, it it never gets old for me. It, it's so fucking Shane Black. Yes. That it it, it but in, in in the best way. Just the way that I mean, like because Shane Black, a, a lot of his screenplays and whatnot, he's very much like he's actually talking to the reader 
while he's actually also doing the like the dialogue for the film and what whatnot, and it, it that stuff is very you know is very very much here. Um, but it, it's done in a in a really playful way, and Robert Downey Jr. is the perfect voice. Yeah, for that kind of thing and for that kind of tone. Um, and I mean, as well as that, it is a great story as well. Like the mystery of the story, it is quite twisty turny and uh even though i like the fact that you know, the the sister's suicide just is what it is yeah yeah it, you it, know I, I there's, there's nothing yeah there's nothing actually hidden there like the great mystery that sparks off stuff that reveals other stuff it turns out that the mystery that started it wasn't even a mystery mm. you know I, I i think that i i think that's wonderful um but I, I mean, it's just incredibly entertaining as well. How Michelle Monaghan wasn't a bigger star, well, through bad career choices, I suppose, like Eagle Eye and stuff like that. But how she wasn't a big, a bigger star after this, based on this. I mean, this feels, this film feels like a Cameron Diaz in the Mask kind of star-making turn. I, I think a lot of um, with Michelle Monaghan, what happened was um, Mission Impossible Three happened, where essentially. She was in that, uh, but was virtually cut from it. To be honest, mm. you know, her her character was so brought down, and Abraham's had a lot of quite negative things to say about her. Oh, did he? Yeah, he, oh. I, I remember at the time he he was quite, you know, that she was quite difficult to work with. Um, but you know, when you look back, you know, she's you know gone. She's very good in Gone Baby Gone. Uh, which is only a couple of years after. Um, she's made some good films, but she's also made some some pretty piss poor films as well. But yeah, I, I agree. She she does seem like one that um, that could have been a, a bigger star than, than than she than she has so far become. Yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah. I mean, in, in all, I just I have a great, I have a really really great time watching this film. So uh, and and yeah, I mean, obviously we'll get into it more, Mark. Um, again, love it, love Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Uh, saw it at the uh, cinema, um, went to see it because it's a Shane Black film, um, sure. and uh, just remember going into it, um, and it was everything that that, that I expected it, it to be. To be honest, uh, the dialogue is fantastic. Um, it's also very competently directed as well. You know, it, there's a there's a verve. Uh, to, to the way that it, it, it it's there um, and it, it bounces and the, the, the film feels um, directorially very similar to how um, Shane Black writes it, yeah. in the case of it's very bouncy and it, it, it works with itself and it, it, it almost Shane Black seems to have a very you know the, the strange thing about Shane Black is the fact that the other film he's directed is Iron Man 3 because Shane Black has a problem with the idea of Hollywood, uh, and he constantly, you know, if you if you've ever read a Shane Black script, they're they're hilarious yeah. to read. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, for instance, during the Last Boy Scout, um, you know, he he put in there's a bit where um, in the bit where he kills Kim Coates in the mansion. Yes. Yeah, I'm just trying to remember the line, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in the um, in the script, as it's coming up to there, it, it, it says, um, shot 
zooms in um, on a Beverly Hills mansion, the type of mansion I'm going to buy when some dumb fucker buys this script off me for $2 million. Yeah. And, it, and it's got stuff like that peppered all the way through it. And that's the kind of... It, it's the kind of way that, that you get the feeling that Shane Black looks at this film. is It's constantly pointing out how how ridiculous it is and how, you know, he positively points out that he's telling you what's happening later on. Uh, yeah. It's very... It, 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 it all feels very right. And the fact that he's got Downey Jr. who works so well with that kind of dialogue and then he's got Val Kilmer to bounce it off as well. And the fact that both Val Kilmer and Robert Downey Jr. are actually both very, very good actors as well, works as well. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, fuck me, they spark off each other incredibly. And I, I mean, Val Kilmer's obviously having a great time here. And mm. um, I, I mean, like, I don't know, there's there's a lot of warmth between them. And I mean, that, that also, if you've got the Blue Way, the commentary track with all three of them is fantastic as well. Oh, I've, and, I've uh, not listened to that. I might, I'll, I'll definitely have a look. It's, it's, it's really, really, really fun. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I mean, just some of the dialogue that they have, I mean, obviously the, uh, definition of an idiot one, which is you know, <laughs> yeah. actually quite classic now, yeah. um, uh, which is just amazing. Um, and I mean, just some of the asides that Kilmer has, I mean, I watched this over a week ago now, so it's a little, um, it, it's slightly hazy if I'm honest, but, um, I, I just so so many of the, the things they say to each other are great but also i mean like the film also kind of takes a delight in just how kind of dark it is in, like mm. dark it is in places but it's kind of deliciously dark in places um i mean the um the 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 dog eating his finger and, <laughs> um, which is amazing um and him pissing on the corpse yeah, you know, but I mean, but I mean, but I mean, again, weirdly, that kind of feels fairly real as well. It's like in that situation, you would just do that. Mm. But then, when you tell someone else, like when he's t- telling Perry that he like he pissed on the corpse, and he's like, well, you know, why? Why, why did you do that? But it's just like, but in that situation, you would. But then when you tell when you when you say it out loud, it does sound fucked up. <laughs> There's this, there's some, yeah, there's some great moments between the two when he when he thinks that um, Michelle Moynihan's character's being killed, and he's like up against the car and Val Kilmer's character's just saying, "I need to go." And he's like, "Yeah, that's fine, go." And he's like, no, "I I I need to go." And he's like, "Okay, you, you know, yeah, go." And in the end, he just pushes him off the edge of the car yeah. so he isn't there anymore, and then just fucking drives off. And, I mean, I, I mean that, that that kind of gleefulness kind of like makes the more straight up dark stuff like all the darker, like the um the the, the relationship with the dad. And I mean, like that that scene with Kilmer and the the old man in the end. Yeah, I mean it's it's, it, it's Kilmer at his absolute. That scene reminds you how good Kilmer could be. Sure. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And I mean, like, but it doesn't feel incongruous, which is a great. I mean, it's a boon for for Black that he's able to do all the silly stuff. And I mean, like the scene where um, Shannon Sosterman's killed, mm. and she's just looking at Downey Jr. and he's just going shh, shh, shh. Yeah. And like, and like the look on her face, so she's like really, like puzzled and terrified. You know, I, I mean, it's it's really like that moment's really really quite disturbing to me. Um, 
and, and I mean the bit with Val Kilmer at the end. But then I mean you have got the pissing on the corpse and the you know the the dog with the, the finger and and, yeah, and, yeah. and him getting his finger cut off. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. It, it, it's the spider leg scene. The spider and the brass yeah. scene is, is yeah. brilliant. This did, it is it, it it's there are so many it, it bounces and flies through so quickly this film uh, and it's it, it probably fifth or sixth time I've watched it and it, it still had me very entertained throughout. Yeah, I mean it, it, it just I don't really have a bad word to say about it if I'm honest. No, I, I, mean, I, I the, the, the cinematography's a little bland, I suppose, but it, it, it is what it is. It was a film made on a budget. I mean, like I suppose people might forget that this is at a time where Robert Downey Jr. was basically uninsurable. No, it, 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 it's... it's well, When you look at it, it's pre-Iron uh, Man Robert Downey Jr. Um, I mean, it's pre-Zodiac Robert Downey Jr., for fuck's sake. Yeah, and it, it, you know, Robert Downey Jr. was, like you say... He, he literally couldn't get cast in anything. You know, he's... What did he do before... You know, before this, he did... I mean, of course, this, this this is a man who took a recurring role on Ali McBeal. Yeah. It, 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 right, the, the, the films he did before this, the films he did before this were The Singing Detective, Gothica. Yeah. You know... Uh, you know, Cinematic is not that bad a film, but Gothic is a fucking terrible film. I mean, I mean, Christ, what did he do after? Okay, Good Night and Good Luck, fair enough. I mean, like this, the Shaggy this, this, Dog. This, he was already, that was released afterwards, but was was filmed before Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Um, this, this essentially, this gave him a career back. Yeah. Uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and you know, it, everyone sort of always says um, that you know, it, it was made by. Um, Tony Stark and by Iron Man, it, this gave him the platform to go from here to then Good Night, Good Luck, Sky Darkly, um, Zodiac. Then Iron Man arrived, and you know he. This was the, the bedrock to building that back up, um, sure. and the similar thing very nearly happened with Val Kilmer, uh, but then Val Kilmer did the Val Kilmer thing with it. Yeah, 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 no, absolutely. I, I, it just, I don't know, it, 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 it was such an oddity, and I mean, it did nothing at the time. You know, it, but, it just about uh, made back its its budget. It, it, it didn't, and its know, budget was low. Fifteen as well. million, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it, it just it 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 feels like a film that I think you know, like people who are younger than us, like who are just getting into films. It's one that they like. People will watch and will just like take to their hearts. Yeah, it, it's and the fact that it, it kind of you know the fact that Shane Black he, he does that thing at the end where he kills off uh, Val Kilmer and then just brings him back to life because yeah. why not? It, 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 it very much is his thing of where because essentially um, Robert Downey Jr.'s character in this is Shane Black's voice. Sure. It, you know, he's it, it, that's it, and in being the narrator, it's the director that is the narrator essentially, and, and he says, you know, but it's my movie, so fuck you, I'm gonna yeah. do it, and it's very much like that, and you get the feeling that, you know, because this wasn't a very heavily publicised film, you know, and part of the reason was because you know they weren't big stars then, but 
you get the feeling if this film was released now, it would it would fucking it'd make a shit ton of money. Oh yeah, 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 quite absolutely. But it, it, it it's kind of sad that um, that Robert Downey Jr. seems to have he seems to have fallen so much into Tony Stark and Iron Man, and he's very good at that. That. He's forgotten where Iron Man and Tony Stark end and Robert Downey Jr. begins. And, you know, you see him in stuff like the HTC advert and it's like, are you advertising HTC or is Tony Stark advertising HTC? Sure. And you're Tony... And you, you see him turning up to premieres of not Iron Man movies and not Avengers movies. And you're thinking, you, you do think you're Tony Stark now. You've got the Tony Stark beard and you... It, it, it needs to do something that is far enough removed away from that, something like this again, that, you know, that, that, that can make sure that people remember. Well, he's doing Chef, isn't he? Is that a, um, a film of the um, Lenny Henry film, the Lenny Henry series from the so, I don't, I don't uh, so. early 90s? Is it not? Well, I'm not interested then. No, I mean, it's written and directed by John Favreau. Um, I, I, I'm definitely not interested then. Yeah. A, a chef who loses his restaurant job starts up a food truck in an effort to reclaim his creative promise while piecing back together his estranged family. Sounds brilliant. Uh, yeah, sounds yeah, brilliant. to be but, fair, that, that sounds brutal. But, John Favreau that, that, that sounds terrible. Uh, but I, I don't know. I mean, like, it, it, at least it is Robert Downey Jr. like, not doing Tony Stark. You know, so, I mean, Christ, at least, what else he's got? The, yeah, the Judge. John Favreau doing a film about food. John Favreau shouldn't be allowed that close to food. At all. Because oh, it, bloody it, hell. It, it's literally just going to be, Favreau's going to be there going, they call this, and he's just going to go, he said, I'm going to eat that. No, we can't really go to waste. <laughs> I'm going to eat that. It's no one like, John, you've, you've just made that for yourself. We're not even shooting today. We're doing, we're doing some post work. He's going, I'm going to eat all this food, though. Is that okay? Because I'm going to. That's mean. He's mean. His face is mean. His face is offensively mean. Right, he looks like someone threw a face on a weather balloon. Definitely not shit. Definitely not shit. It's a wonderful film. Uh, and, and for everybody, it is due a rewatch, I am sure. Straight up. Uh, what, are we doing? what are we going to do next week? Yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> what do you fancy? What else is on the list? Fucking. Did... What the fuck? What? I've got a Sky an email from Sky TV saying your ah saying your appointment is confirmed, uh, and I thought well, I haven't made an appointment. It's an advertisement for the Young Doctor's Notebook. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> um, fucking confuse me. <laughs> <laughs> what what the fuck are we gonna? Do? I don't know. Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yes, could do that. Go on then. Uh, yeah, yeah, go for that. Cool. Silent Night, Deadly Night is our um, next film in our Christmas Merrython. There you go. Yes. Right. Um, questions. Okie dokie. Let's have a look. See, we have You've got. got... We have got, we have got, we have got, we have got, we have got. Um, 
Oh, well, um, also um, say at Il Nino uh, underscore Kevin said going to see Cloudy 2 this morning. Any of you guys see the 3D? Uh, no, didn't see the 3D. Well, I, I did, did see the 3D. Uh, it's, it, it's a kid's film in 3D. It's all right. It, it, it adds nothing, I'm guessing. Fair play. Uh, at John Zorla, John Anderson. Uh, can't wait for the Streets of Fire commentary. What a film. Why wasn't there a sequel? Because it didn't make money. It, it didn't make any money. It was originally... Um, Streets of Fire was originally going to be a trilogy. It was what was tri- it? Streets of Fire, Streets of Ice? No. Uh, <laughs> um, the original uh, idea was, yeah, that it was going to be a, a trilogy of uh, of films um, where whereby essentially you just got um, Ellen Ames got into different scrapes and Tom Cody came back to rescue it from said scrapes. So that would be the second one. And then the third one would be Tom would get into a scrape and she'd come back to rescue him. And then from there, um, you know, that maybe finally they would ride off into the sunset. Uh, and that was that was going to be the idea behind it. Um, but the, the film just didn't make enough enough money. Uh, and um, Walter Hill got, got caught doing other things. It was also quite a, it was quite a hard film to make, um, for the, the studio and they didn't kind of trust the world that it, it, it was it was set within I think really um, it, it's a film that's taken a long time um, to, to generate the you know the, the the cult following that it's now that it now seems to have uh, you know what I mean it testament to that is the fact that it, it, it had a, a shitty DVD release um, it was released on HD DVD, but it's, it, it's only just found its way onto onto Blu-ray. Um, it, I hope it's a film that, that people now come to uh, because it is a film that is very dear to my heart, and I'm glad people are watching it um, on this second sight edition, and it is wonderful. Yeah, fucking mine still hasn't been shipped. I'm not happy. You, uh, where'd you get it off? Amazon or? No, Play.com. Um, one of their um, one of their sellers, Base, um, that um, got Pacific Rim to me a day late as well. So I'm not massively into them. And they've been saying processing in warehouse since Thursday. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I I try and avoid Play since it became a marketplace. Yeah, but I, I it was the thing is it was the cheapest by a couple of quid that I could find it. So you know. Um, but never mind. Um, okay. What I will say also as well is the documentary on the Streets of Fire, uh, the new the commission documentary for the Blu-ray is is incredible and um, it, it's easily worth the, um, the the Blu-ray itself. If that was just, if if you could just buy that documentary on its own, I would still be recommending people buy it. Yeah, very cool. I'm I'm, I'm really I really am looking forward to it. I must say. Um, and obviously we'll we'll talk about Street Fire in the commentary. Yeah. Um, at TGP seventy three, what's your favourite Lance Henri- Henriksen big screen performance? Uh, it, it's just it's just Bishop. Sorry. Um. Ooh, give me two seconds uh, on that one. Yeah, Bishop. Yeah. Mm, give me a second. I'm gonna try and see if. Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with you on that one. Yeah, although I do like him a lot in Terminator as well. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, he, he is good in Terminator. I mean, I, I like the relationship he has with, um, with what's-his-name, but I, it just... Yeah, I, I, I don't know. God, he's done a lot of fucking stuff, hasn't he? Oh, Jesus yeah. I, H. Christ. I, I'm probably going to go... Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Could be yeah. Yeah, funny. He's a great actor. You know, Near Dark is fantastic in, but I wouldn't count that as a big screen performance, really, could, could you? I don't, anyway, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, that'll do it for me. Fuck it. Um, okay. Uh, at M Bar Films, what film are you guys most looking forward to of the next few months? Uh, if I can have two, Wolf of Wall Street or 12 Years a Slave? Uh, those two, Wolf of Wall Street, 12 Years a Slave, uh, American Hustle, I'm very much looking oh, forward yes. to. And uh, Anchorman 2. Anchorman 2, uh, Homefront. Yeah, man. Yeah, that there's, comes out in a couple of weeks, eh? There was a standee, uh, there's a massive standee in my local uh, view uh, for that film. There was a trailer on before The Counselor. Um, yeah, which was what I well. will say is uh, I had a, a terrible cinema experience during The Counselor. Um, a group of five people who arrived 35 minutes late, but that was just as the film was starting because um, of all the trailers and then proceeded to talk pretty much throughout it uh, and a guy who persistently checked his phone throughout the entire fucking film mm. it was it was shocking I, just, I haven't had a, a shitty experience like that in a cinema in a while that's a shame man yeah um, yeah I was quite surprised because I, I saw it, the gravity at, at the same cinema on Monday in an incredibly packed screening, um, and it was impeccable, the behaviour of people. It's just when people are into a film, if a film grabs people, you're not going to have problems. Yeah, I mean, I, I take umbrage of a guy turning around to his friends and saying, do you want a sweet at a normal volume during a film? Yeah. It's like, seriously. <laughs> oh, and while I'm on it, cinema. Do you get the, the cinema thing? What? Have you not seen Cinemy? Cinemy? Cinemy. Cinemy is... Uh, it, it might just be in view cinemas. Essentially, Cinemy encourages people... Uh, but not a question, Asks people to interact with what's going on via the Cinemy app on the screen before the film starts by answering questions to win prizes. It actively tells people to get their phone out at the cinema... Granted, it's not during the film, it's before the film, but to me, that just gives people uh, uh, the carte blanche to say, it's okay to use your film in this screen. That's interesting. It actually, it says, connect with your little screen to the big screen now by connecting to the cinema app and answering these questions. I, I, I was so taken back and so just, what? Fuck off. Don't encourage idiots to use their phone in the cinema. They're going to think now that it's okay for them to check their text messages 25 minutes into the film just because nobody happens to be fucking talking. Yeah. Cine me. Cine me, yeah. Yeah, not too sure about that at all. It could go fuck itself, and I hope whoever came up with the idea has something very painful happen to their testicles. Hmm. Cine me, no. Yeah. Um, at to- uh, uh, Thomas DJ, um, at Nocturne Tom DJ, uh, what would be the perfect movie for a date you want to break up with? 
Blue Valentine. Antichrist. Uh, but but just just say just before the film, I very much identify with Willem Dafoe's character in this film. Do, no, do you, want, do you want to know what you'd say for that film? You got this film is super fucking harmless. Yeah 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 yeah. Uh, after or, this or, film, or after all it, I want to do is bang and bang. Or after it, you, you or, or during the scene where she just before she smashes that thing into his wang, right? You just you grab hold of her thigh and just squeeze. Yeah. Yep, that I get it. At, at Jason underscore Farrell, um, <laughs> what's your favourite slash least favourite villain in or antagonist in film? Least favourite. Uh, le- favourite and least favourite. My favourite ever villain. Oh, there's some really fucking obvious ones sticking out. I don't know. I mean, like you've got like Dennis Hopper in Blue Velvet. Oh, that's a good shout. That yeah, Dennis Hopper in Blue Velvet would be up there. Um, Low Pan in Big Trouble in Little China. That's a good one. Um, least favorite. Um, I, you're gonna fucking hate me for this. You're gonna absolutely fucking hate me for this. Um, Lotso in um, Toy Story 3. Oh, I love Lotso. I can stand him. I don't hate you for it. It's just... Yeah, alright. Favourite villain. I'm trying not to go horror here. I'm trying to go more outright villain. Oh, Jack Palance in uh, Tango and Cash. (laughs) Just because he's mad, he's got a lair, he's got a fucking maze that he's had built for his for his rats that you know that he's obviously had a contract on a carpenter build for him just for that one fucking metaphor to talk and you think that that is a man who is using his crazy drug money well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Um I'm still trying to be the least favourite. Least favourite. Um another favourite, uh Loki. He's a great villain in the Avengers yeah, movie. He's um, the guy who is has employed Loki as the least favourite, because I still don't know what his agenda is. Yeah. Um, oh, the Joker in Batman. It has to be my favourite villain. That's a good one, too. Yeah. Um, Heath Ledger's Joker in The Dark Knight is my favourite villain because it is it's just great. I, yeah. No matter which way. You look at it, it's just a wonderful performance. It's a wonderful film. And he managed to take a, 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 an iconic figure and basically say, I own this, without oh, coming out and saying, I own this. I've got it. Go on. Toad for Grace in Spider-Man 3. Oh, Brutal. That is pretty bad. Brutal. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. No, that's... that's yeah. I think we've got a winner there. <laughs> yeah, good question about that. Fucking yeah, that was a good question. Uh, that brutal, but um, yeah, that's it. Oh, um, wait, no, we've, we've got one from Mongo oh, Dan. Oh shit! Yeah, no, sorry, it wasn't in our feed. Uh, what was the question? What film have you started watching but not finished? Um, what Lawrence of Arabia. Started, Boot. started but I've never actually finished. Uh, you not, not watched Old Das Boot? 
No, I've got it on Blu-ray, and I've had it on Blu-ray for about two years, it, and I've just... It is five hours long. Well, it's... No, this is the... It's not the miniseries. Oh, all right. It's just, like, the Blu-ray that came out. I, um... It's... To be honest, these are film... Well, that's a film that I'm genuinely planning on catching up on, like, during my paternity leave, where I've just got the kid in my hands and she's just asleep for a couple of hours. Uh... I've never actually finished, and I've seen all three films, but I've never actually finished Born Identity. I've tried. Well, I've tried several times, and I can never get to the end of it. Oh. But I've seen Supremacy, and I've seen Ultimatum, uh, but I've never seen Born Identity all the way through it. I always get about an hour into it, and then I wake up on the credits going, and I've tried. It's like there is something in that film that is a trigger to make me fall asleep. And it's not I dislike the film, but I, just, I yeah. just can't see it get all the way through it. Platoon. You see, not seeing Platoon all the way through. Uh, like first forty-five minutes, I just haven't got around to oh, watching oh. the rest of it. So, uh, have you got up to? Mate, um, I can't. Rem- I don't remember any of oh, it. I just, I just have to start it again. Wonderful film. Um, that's it for questions. Um, Ian. Um, very uh, briefly. Um, hide and seek. Oh, God, yeah, let's touch on this then. So, yeah, Monarch Mind Control. Those who are looking forward to it, if, if if those who are looking forward to it, just go ahead and re-watch the first 35 minutes of Hide and Seek and then understand why we're not covering Hide and Seek. Yep. What I will say there is because you watched 25 minutes, didn't you? I watched 35 35. Minutes. I watched all of it. Oh, Jesus fucking yep. Christ. I was all this it. was after I said, yep. you hadn't watched it when I said, I'm not watching the rest of it. No, and I said, I'm not watching oh it that God. night. I, I did watch it. Um, and I'm not going to go into too much detail because we just quite simply do not have time. I might go into it in more detail on another show. Um, what I will say is, it, 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 it's just no. It makes no sense. <laughs> That's it's, all. It, it's terrible. In, in comparison to even the mind control thing, what I will say is I think it's wonderful that there are people out there crazy enough to make these leaps. And please keep doing so. Because I was watching it going, this is a terrible film. But I am glad that somebody has got it in such detail to dissect a film this terrible. Brutal. It is awful. It is so awful. I had seen it before. I had seen it before, but it was just, it was one of those ones where it was just like, I just don't have enough time. It was like, if we were, if we were really, act, like, if we were going to watch it, if it was, if it was a marathon film, I would have sat through it all. Mm. But it, to be honest, it felt like an optional extra. <laughs> and it was just, I don't have enough time in my life. Yeah. It, 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 it was like, it was, it was a little bit like the free prawn crackers that you just you were, you were happy for, but you didn't want to eat. Straight up. Um, right, uh, I, I think that is... Have we got any emails or anything? Uh, no, it was just Werner's one that we kind of covered earlier. Cool. Um, right, that's two weeks and only one email. Come on, guys, get your shit together. So you're right. Um, right, that was uh, episode 42. That was our bumper birthday special. Yay! Um, so next week we will be covering. Um, 
I think it's either Hunger Games or Blue is the Warmest Colour. Ooh. Oh, well, it depends on which of the... Hunger Games are next week, shit. Yeah, Hunger Games is first. Do you have an idea, then, if I, if I watch the Hunger Games? Well, I mean, like, is there a chance Blue is the Warmest Colour might be playing by you? I, I, I hope so, yeah. Oh, oh, well, it, um, actually, no, I'm not watching The Family in the cinema. I don't even know why I was about to suggest that. I probably will. I probably would. In fact, do you know what? I probably will, because Becky is going to see um, is going to see the Doctor Who thing, and I'm not going to see the Doctor Who thing. So um, I, I'm going to go to the cinema and watch something else on that day. Um, and it will probably be The Family, to be honest. Mate, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not... No, I, I'm I, not... I, 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 I don't blame you, but... Well, I'll tell you what, it'll be a surprise movie. Yeah, let's go with that. Um, There's probably uh, something on VOD that we could that's watch. That's it, it might be that, you see, because um, cause I, don't, I don't think I get a chance to watch Catching Fire because I know Becky is if I want to see it. Uh, but they're at the cinema watching uh, Doctor Who on Saturday. I'm trying to see when Big Bad Wolves might be on VOD. But we'll... We'll work it out and we'll go to the surprise movie, but um, Silent Night, Deadly Night will be our uh, Christmas Marathon um, film. Uh, and we'll have the usual uh, one of one news to throw at you. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, feedback to at Dude and the Monkey, uh, or at Ian Loring, at DudeFoz, DudeandTheMonkey at gmail.com. iTunes reviews are greatly received. Remember, if you cut the question at any point throughout the week, no matter what it is, we will answer it, be it film-related or not. Um, anything else to add, Ian? No! Cool. Thank you very much for listening. Bye!